There he is. Okay, you got you recording. I don't want him to see me drinking milk. <laughs> I gotta finish my muffin. Yeah, I'm recording. This time, this time, this time, this time, it's different. With Peter and Chris. This time, this time, this time, this time, it's different. There oh. he is, Peter oh. Holmes. Oh, hello. <laughs> hello. I hit record. Because yeah. you guys don't know how to do a podcast. I'll hit record. <laughs> so you started in the in the dem? Yeah. In we the did. As the only thing we could think to do. Like we were gonna do a little tour again. <laughs> and that one that was gone. That, oh. that got ripped away from us. I'm Look so at that sorry. sick merch drop that just happened. The Pete Holmes show mug. <laughs> oh my god. Oh yeah. I thought that you would notice when I grabbed this and then I was like I don't care. <laughs> I knew it was it was it bears a comment. These are from the show. You can't That's buy awesome. these. You can't, you can't buy it's just original merch. You can is have that... one. I have a, a a whole box, like dozens and dozens of them, but almost <laughs> no one wants them. I want one. <laughs> Is that that's the the sauna in the background that we've all heard about? That's, that's it. Uh, that's the real merch <laughs> drop. <laughs> a sauna is only. I mean, I know. Uh, I think it's like three three thousand dollars, and that's a lot of money. But like, exercise equipment is a lot of money. It's not that it, it's not traditional exercise equipment. Right. I find it much better than exercise equipment. All I'm trying to say is, I know it's sort of fancy <laughs> pants, but it's not as fancy pants as it seems. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's therapeutic. It's good for your heart. I use it every day. And if I had like a treadmill and an elliptical, it wouldn't be that weird. But for some reason, sauna is like, what are you, Play-Doh? Because <laughs> you know I, mean? like, I had never that. heard anybody uh, call it exercise equipment before. This is the first, That's a first for me. Well, sitting in the sauna for an hour, I think, um, I don't have the correct number. It's something like 800 calories or something. It burns 800 calories. Oh, oh that's sweet. great. Okay. Which I is why I have no one. tone. <laughs> 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 why I'm like the least toned person alive. Because my what I consider exercise is it, it is cardio in the sense that it's cardiovascular. This is so boring. Everyone's turned this off. <laughs> that's usually when this happens. It's usually about the two minute mark that our podcast gets turned off. So it's all yeah, good. it's it's normal anyway. Like, that's normal. Like, you, you have yeah. the numbers. Yeah. You ever watch a show on Netflix and you hate it and you turn it off even sooner than you maybe would have given it a shot if you didn't know that you were casting a vote? Yeah, you're like, I don't, I'm messing up my algorithm right now. I gotta stop this quick. I I want them to know this didn't work for me. That's also weird about the algorithm because you'd think it would know. You'd get the hint that you only watched 10 minutes of it a month ago. But then every so often it's like, want to keep what? Like, remember this? Like, get yeah. out of my feed. And then every once in a while that works. Okay. Think I do yeah. want to watch this now. <laughs> I'm back it's in really, full. But they seem. I think they have the the weird thing I heard about uh, Netflix or the strange or interesting thing is that like they'll kind of let directors do it however they want. Like they they don't they're not like overimposing. Oh the oh, like the movie or the show or whatever. Yeah, the right? movie or the show. I heard this about movies, but then and I just heard this on the street. But then that <laughs> where they get really involved is the editing, and they'll say oh. like, "Can you take the action scene that's in the the third act and and just have a flash forward a, a flash forward to it in the first five minutes 
just so people know like that's where this is heading. And if you watch <laughs> a lot of Netflix movies, they do that. Weird. There's something in the first five right. minutes. It gets good, go, I like, promise. Yeah. yeah, it's it's someone just could come on and go like, I yeah. know you have to meet a guy. <laughs> Hang on. This is super boring uh, right now. It's yeah. his job. It's his girlfriend. It's his best friend. Just hang with us because this is going to happen. There's an explosion later, I promise. Yeah. Yeah, Don't yeah, worry yeah, about basically. her. She she dies. She dies. Anyway. What I'm trying- <laughs> <laughs> Don't waste your time with her. Yeah. It's so uh, weird. It's so weird that they try to fix or change things in the edit as though like I have this picture in my head of, of Netflix executives being like did you shoot anything with like a green car like those are really probably, like could you not have told me like six months ago when we were in pre-production yeah. that this yeah, is yeah, what yeah. you wanted I would have happily put in several green cars <laughs> I could have got that done for you <laughs> I watched that uh my uh my octopus teacher last night because you know oh. it won it won the awards and that's just a guy who's trying <laughs> I was like, now I'm being shown all these nature documentaries of David Attenborough. And it made me question, like, because there's a new one with him in it. And he's walking around with the animals now. And I was like, I thought you were just an actor. I thought he's just a voice actor. But right. am I wrong? He's I now an environmental? Too. Well, now he's, like, walking around like Jacques Cousteau or whatever. Just, like, you know, touching yeah, wasn't bird, parrots and stuff. for his voice? Like that's, that's, that's real, what I thought. And now that's you're not a real a... pain in the ass if somebody's <laughs> like, you know how you did the voiceover for Planet Earth and all those things. They want you to like go into the Cobra's Den, and it's like I just, <laughs> I just smoked when I was a teenager. I just have a good, raspy <laughs> yeah. voice. I don't yeah. understand why this is happening. My yeah. only environmental pre- creds. <laughs> and he has to pretend like he likes it. The thing that I'm concerned about with like Amazon or, or really any of the new networks that have all the data is that like there's a real risk of like just giving us what we want, which I know sounds mm-hmm. like it is what we want, mm-hmm. but so often, like, we don't know what we want. Like, and like, like Tarantino, like someone I love came in and gave us Pulp Fiction. And that was something like we didn't know we wanted. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like, if we just, I don't know why I'm taking this, this soapbox moment. I just think you guys can probably <laughs> it's important. make it's it important funny. Stuff. No, yeah. I think you can make it funny. <laughs> oh shit. Okay. Okay. All right. Standing by, standing by. I, I'm not worried about making it funny. I'm going to let you guys do it. But it's like, I, no, I'm done. That's really the point. It's like, it, it's like um, how like McDonald's or certain places figure out what chemicals or what tastes or flavors yeah. or sensations you yeah. need to become addicted and want the food. And and that is a pleasant experience uh, well, to eat McDonald's. But like yeah. at a certain point, you need some like weird French guy or some weird <laughs> Italian guy or some weird <laughs> Ethiopian yeah. guy that's going to be like, but you've never had this. And we're like, holy shit. But yeah. making art only based on other successful art and like algorithmatizing. <laughs> nice. Woo, I like it. Stuck the landing on that. I don't know I if that works. I don't know. I don't know works. either. I don't know if that works. <laughs> I, to your point, though, like that is like the McDonald's uh, analogy is so perfect because McDonald's is giving us exactly what we want. And yes. we prove it by going there six times a day. Mm-hmm. Yes. But it isn't that good like it's it's it your brain goes yes thank you but your taste buds are like i don't know whatever take it or leave it it's fine that's that's (laughs) what disturbs me about i I don't want to say which show it was but i've val and i during the quarantine were like let's re-watch this show oh yeah we were doing that too and because i have no uh, ties to it wasn't tiger king but it might as well have been tiger king (laughs) right let's rewatch tiger king and you watch it and you're like 
I've never seen this. Like, it feels like a new season. Oh, I know. Because it just passes through you. Yeah. <laughs> like, leaving no real impression. Like so much McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, I had watched Friday Night Lights, and then I was like, to my girlfriend, you have to watch Friday Night Lights. It's five impeccable seasons. And then she's starting to ask me what happens. And I'm like, I actually have no idea. Yeah. I, I'm with, here with you. <laughs> I don't, again, this sounds very judgmental, but it's like, what are we getting out of TV? Is it plot retention or character? Or is it just like a Jungian, like a dream? Like you just see yeah. symbols and yeah. images yeah. that remind you of your life that make you feel less alone. You go yeah. like, I'm like a football star in Iowa or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. And my coach was like my dad, or I more likely, I wish my dad was like this coach. And then like, you're feeling all these feelings. But I've seen Mad Men an embarrassing amount of times, so much so that I had to make a rule not to watch it anymore. Like a rule. <laughs> I was like, you can't like my, you know, you have the part of your uh, brain that's your dad. Like, I mean, like yeah. you're dadding yourself. Yeah. You go like, yeah. stop it. Stop it. He said no more Mad Men. But if I swear, <laughs> if I rewatched it, I would be like, there'd be some cliffhanger. And I'm like, I don't remember what he chooses. I've seen it six times. Yeah. Like, I, and I wouldn't know. Did you so have to put it, a note on your fridge? Yeah. <laughs> like, remember, yeah. don't watch. Peggy like mementoing yourself. Oh, I thought you meant for the plot. No, Small I, tattoos on yourself. <laughs> like, <laughs> I could memento myself. Yeah. But this, I think our movie's different. You do remember what happens in a movie. It's this is. I think what we're talking about is the the hypnotic state of binging a show. Yeah. That's mm. when you can't even hold on to it. But if you were watching Friday Night Lights or your girlfriend, more importantly, for the first time, was taking a week to just sort of like talk about it and like think yeah. about it and dream right. about it. <laughs> Like, we're just, like, ranch hosing ourselves with this stuff. <laughs> well, it's like it comes no to chance. a point when you want to start a new show and you're just like, I, I'm going to put on a movie because in an hour and a half, it's done. Yeah. It's just completed. Yeah. I've seen a story and we can move on. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then movies get longer and longer, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm just going to watch The Irishman instead of the first six <laughs> episodes of this show. My favorite Irishman uh, thought. It's weird that I had a favorite thought about it. Because I was like, I would love to see the Irishman because it's like intended for my dad, right? It's, yeah, it's yeah like, for sure. It's not for us. It's for my dad. It it just is Goodfellas, like like for my dad. It's just yeah. like a new one. But my dad doesn't have Netflix. I was like, they need to release this on eight VHS tapes. <laughs> yeah. Like a set. With a gold with border in- around the case. Like, yeah. Yes, of course. The Criterion Collection yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, tape one, tape two, insert tape two. These are the instructions that my dad could follow. Have you felt yourself getting into dad stuff yet? I'm, start- I'm starting early. I'm like 36 now, but already I'm like, I'm pretty into World War II. That's really funny. <laughs> When I was, a, yes, when I was a kid, I would be so bored. My parents would take me to like the Rockefeller mansion or something. And I'd be like, so bored. And I knew I was getting into dad mode, into like an older stage of life. When now I'm like, people lived here? This is, this is where they inhabited? Like, I'm so excited. Yeah. And the worst thing, though, is I'll play music from my youth. Not even good music. Yeah, I was just trying to, to yeah. defend the song "Walking on the Sun" by Smash Mouth. <laughs> 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 okay, I'll do it for you guys. We'll be walking on the sun. Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. here's my point. 
What is the difference between that and Spirit in the Sky, the the Noah Greenbaum song? Very similar organ riff up the top. You know what I'm saying? Up <laughs> yeah. the top. At the top. Up the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't even do it. That is... And Walking on the Sun is... I know it's different, but it, it starts with that, like, no. you're on the ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I'm the saying intro. is, it's bad now because it's Smash Mouth. What I'm saying is, if it was a Stevie Wonder song and it came out in the 60s, it would be the coolest. But, like, we're very good right. at assessing the collective. Like, in 1999, we all decided to stop liking Dave Matthews' band. Like, that just yeah, happened. That, like, that was yeah. weird. I do remember we, that moment. There was, like, a collect- memo. I remember. Yeah. It's almost as if I got a phone call. Yeah. And it was like, that's over. It's done. done now. Yeah. But really? if, like, <laughs> I crash think- into me. It's over. <laughs> No more. <laughs> I know I'm jumping around, but that's what Jim Jim Gaffigan said that uh, on my podcast. Uh, he was like, never be cool. He's like, you never want to be on the cover of Rolling Stone. As soon as you're up, that's oh. where they can shoot flaming arrows at you. Right. Like, yeah. No yeah. one goes up and doesn't get torn down. The only example I can think that's counter that is Zach Galifianakis never had like a, ugh. Like he, he seems to have navigated a way... From I think like he, yeah, overkill. I think he also controls the dose. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm trying to think of an example of somebody, but it would be, I guess it would be mean to just throw out examples because also because like I don't know, maybe some of these people are your friends. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you're like a you know big time Hollywood guy now. Um, but I you're just on mean, the like, deck of the Enterprise. Which one of us? <laughs> yeah, yeah no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you're on set right now. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm in the uh, I'm in the helmsman's position. I mean, that's not that high. Up. That is very funny. That is the that that zoom background should come with that bit. If anyone points this out, say, "Well, I'm in the helmsman position, the mayonnaise position of the of the Enterprise." I'm in the yeah. mayonnaise position. I know it's helmsman's, but hel- helmsman's helmsman. I like that. I like that a lot. But if okay, the pun aside, I feel like the mayonnaise position would be uh, the transporter room. That person has no windows. He just oh stands, my God. and he doesn't have a chair. He has to stand there the whole day, just beaming people to, up and down. The windows <laughs> to better places. The- <laughs> Bring that me back so something. That's so funny. But so. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Crusher, she's got no windows. They're in like, isn't that, isn't the medical area sort of a? That's true. Windowless. That's true. The windows on the Enterprise in the hallway, and let's, <clears throat> I think uh, Picard's office has some. Yeah, pretty he's dope got a windows. window. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's got windows. He's got beautiful windows. Corner I feel office. Like we all, anybody that's been on Space Mountain, you know, when you're waiting in line for eight hours, they have those oh, yeah. windows <laughs> that like are like sort of yeah. domed, orby bending. Stars. Yeah. I feel like it's the same on the Enterprise. And when I was a kid, I was like, I just want to look out those windows, man. I just want to <laughs> stare at the stars. <laughs> I just want to look out the windows. <laughs> I love that. I can't even remember the point I started. Oh yeah, just oh, yeah. that like some people when they when they hit, they throw way too much of themselves out. They'll just like be like, I'll do anything, and then oh, yeah. you see them everywhere, and you're like, nah, okay, now I'm tired of that person. No, I, I hear that. I, I, they're. I guess the example I'll, I'll safely give is I think Tiffany Haddish is very, very talented, and so is Kevin Hart. And sometimes I'll go on a plane uh, back in the day, and you know how the, the screen yeah. on the back can only have five movies on it at once? Like, yeah. you're scrolling through the movies. 
And I was like, Kevin Hart is in four of the movies <laughs> out of five. Like, yeah. And it, I don't think the world is even close to being done with Kevin Hart. But no. it does make me go like, oh, no. Like, Be careful, though. Yeah. Relax. Not yeah. even be careful would be like if I was like, you're going to uh, burn out and, and people are going to get tired of you. It's almost like what... I worry about the balance. This is so stupid to do. For all I know, he's a deeply balanced person. <laughs> yeah, but I maybe. know that this business is so, it can be so taxing. And to go from movie to movie to movie to movie. And whenever when I watch some of that documentary about him and he's just like, Mark Wahlberg's the same way. They're just like, never stop. It's for my family. It's for my kids. I gotta keep going. I'm like, first of all, fuck no. It's not for your fucking family and kids. You have $15 million. They're fine for 15 lifetimes. And they're just like, I gotta get another Wahlbergers in fucking Dublin. And it's like, no, you don't. No, you this is about you. This is about you. No, like, how yeah. dare you lie yeah. to yeah. yourself so baldly that you're like, everything, everything an entrepreneur does is for his family and for his wife that's all it is it's like really you don't you don't get a rush yeah. that's like if i if i told val i was like you know i do stand up for for the family like fuck <laughs> off <laughs> you want the crowd cheering and laughing yeah. and all that this is for my kids rush. i do this for my family yeah that's why like like the the pastors that i've known the ones that i've liked are the ones that admit that they sort of enjoy the performance like because they're doing a set totally yeah and the ones that are like no 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 this one, it's all for the Lord. It's all for the Lord. It's like, you did it. Like, that, you did yeah. it. Like, you did, like, you had to remember all those words. You had to yeah. speak. Like, you were involved. Like, you can accept <laughs> applause. But we said like, applaud yeah. at the end of sermons because we're like, it, no, mm, this one's for the good Lord. Good that sermon. Parker worked on that all week. All week. He, all week. he practiced that big moment. next week. <laughs> Sorry, the original podcast. It was. Um, Church was I, the original part. Pretty yeah, well, totally. yeah. <laughs> it always threw me off. That always threw me off about um, uh, growing up in the church as well. Uh, the band yeah. was always like that too. And we would always, yeah. you know, the hands up thing, if you went around to those churches and you were yeah, like, we did. Yeah. and you were like, yeah, I understand that this is for the Lord. Yeah. But we're facing the band. <laughs> we're giving yeah. the band this vibe of like hands up for them. Yeah. And. And yeah, you can always right. tell when the yeah when the lead guy or, or like just like just real enjoys it a little too much. There's yeah. like a level. There's like a that's like <laughs> and now it's for you. I think. Well, I mean, the music a... director at, at our church was also like he was this pretty hot guy, and, <laughs> and they're always he was hot. Like, <laughs> they're always yeah. He was the youth right. pastor as well as the music guy, and he he was getting something out of that in that way too. He was getting like you know when it was time for cookies and coffee after like there was a little crowd around him like yeah. he was getting his What I didn't like about popularity. all popularity was yeah. you weren't there was no spiritual allowance for like the okayness that that makes you feel good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. You ha and I used to play that game. I would lead Bible worship and I led worship and I'd do Bible studies and stuff. And of course I'm a look at me now. Like, of course, I was like, oh, yeah. Was I your spiritual director? Like, you loved it. You loved it. But you had to pretend like you weren't involved. And, and yeah, I mean, there's a lot of uh, showbiz involved in that. And it's, and it's kind of kinky if you think about yeah. it. Yeah. I don't even mean sexually kinky. It's like psychologically kinky to be like, I did it, but I I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I, I, didn't I mean, you have to like chase yeah. them to get them to admit. Yeah. Okay, I did it. I okay, did it. I like that. 
And then, and I mean, it's also off. it's also a little sexually kinky. <laughs> yeah, no, it's everything. Yeah. yeah, there's no way to be psychologically kinky and not have it like flutter, even just a, a bit flutter of electrons <laughs> down to your ding dong or your foot puss. You're gonna feel it a little bit. <laughs> not a full this is sort of a pivot shorts. question, but. Like, did you find a, a difference when from doing stand up to when your pop podcast became popular? Like the familiarity of which people approach you. That's like, the best. That's you, the best question. That's it. That's yeah. if somebody. I remember when podcasts were taking off, and I, the, the. I'm very grateful that I started when I started. I think that had a yeah. lot to yeah. do with like. Now you have to compete with, and I love Conan's podcast. But when I started, it wasn't me going up against Conan. Like, yeah. Even my yeah. wife will, uh, who who mm-hmm. loves me, and I, I, I don't need her to laugh. I thought you went, bitch. <laughs> no, <laughs> even my wife, bitch. <laughs> Whoa. The audacity. Away Holy shit. I was trying to be respectful. I was like, this is a good point coming, and I don't want Zoom to like ruin the audio. That's so I'm just so going to cough. Me. <laughs> In the old uh, radio stations that have the cough button, I don't know if you've ever seen that. Where you just I need push one. It and you can cough, yeah. Um, anyway, she loves Conan and, and, and I can't, meaning I can't even compete. Like my wife yeah. loves me, but of she'll <laughs> often listen. If she listens to one podcast, it'll often be Conan's. Yeah. And then I love that cause she'll tell me about it anyway. So I started and I was reluctant. I, I kind of didn't want to do it because everybody was like, it'll help with your touring. And I was always mm-hmm. like, I don't want to tour. Like that sounds like a nightmare. Like, mm-hmm. but because I didn't know what touring was. Touring is when you go on a tour to places <laughs> and groups of people that want to see you. I had only ever worked the road. So they were right. like, it'll help your sales. But you I thought they meant forced like, on people. Yeah. It'll, oh. it'll help more people be forced upon by you. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> more anonymous people who don't know you from anything will come to your shows. And I'm like, that sucks. But if someone had said like, know when they listen to your podcast and when they already like you the first go to the theaters with you yeah and and the first 20 minutes of your set is usually like hi i'm pete i look like a youth pastor i know i'm from boston (laughs) this is what my dad sounds like or whatever it is you could just start and they'd like your first joke like they wouldn't they wouldn't wait to see if they liked you they'd be like it was like the feeling i think of a friend is in town and and based yeah. on talking to people, they would be like, we we that was the feeling. It was like our buddy is in town. Like people would be like, do you need a place to stay? Yeah, <laughs> or they'd well, yeah. Uh, make you cupcakes or whatever. Really, really nice stuff. It's like even me reaching out to you. I did feel like I've listened to you for hours. Oh wow! Like honest, like I listened to your <laughs> podcast, not to just like butter you up or anything, but just sort of like I was like I I feel comfortable we, reaching out. I I think I know how he'll respond. Yeah, <laughs> no, and and that's happened. I've done. I I think this is. A, 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 I listen to your podcast too, not regularly, but I listened to it after you asked me to come on. Yeah. And I thought it was great. Yeah. I've done it for even Thanks. like a fan has like a like a double digits listenership, and just to just because like they'll write me some letter. And it's like the most moving, beautiful, like, oh, my God, I think we would be friends sort of thing. <laughs> and you do their podcast. So it, it is this weird, like, highway to finding your people. Mm-hmm. And I never I didn't know the value of that because I had never found my fan base. I still trip out that I'm like, I, I know this sounds phony, but like in the spirit of not being phony, 
church people. I mean it. <laughs> Sometimes I'll be in my bathroom and I'm like, they asked me to tweet about my my vinyl. Like my special dirty clean is on vinyl, and it must not mm-hmm. be selling very well. So because the company was like, could <laughs> you, you tweet, tweet it? about it? And I was like, okay. Right. And then I was like, I can't believe anyone owns my vi- like a, a record. Like they have the rec- record of my special and puts it on. I can believe it. But there's a part of me that's just like, how did this happen? It, it feels good to yeah. get into that space. It's it's a gratitude space, but it really is a disbelief space. Like I'm like, <laughs> so they have like their albums, and one of them is, <laughs> is my name, and it's things yeah. I said. It's so I mean, not to just talk talk you up again, but it was like when you said yes, we just sort of started reminiscing, and you're like you get asked like, because uh, we'll do like yeah interviews and stuff as well and they'll be like what are your comedy influences and your first your first ones are like oh it's monty python and you go way back and because your dad watched monty python you think that's it yeah but then we were like uh, looking at our old sketches and being like oops uh that's pete that's pete holmes voice like (laughs) that's a pete holmes bit like (laughs) (laughs) like we have we have this one sketch where uh it peter personifies a towel and uh, I walk and he's like wet <laughs> and he's been left on a chair and I get out of the shower to use him and and then it flashes to him and he's like, <laughs> and you can do it, Peter. <laughs> well, it's just, it's, I, I think we just ripped it straight off of one of your bits or something, like one of your sketches, like college humor or whatever. Yeah. But the towel, I've wrapped the towel around my face, painted my face orange. <laughs> uh, and, and I'm, and what's the voice? It's like, oh, I'm wet for you. Oh, I stayed wet. I stayed so wet for you. You didn't hang me up. So I stayed like, wet. That cadence is you. Stay wet for you oh my god <laughs> uh, that Pete, is so funny we actually do i've got a little piece of paper here which is our apologies to pete uh here <laughs> um and that's number one we need to apologize uh for you using don't... your likeness for wet towel wet towel wet, nice towel. wet towel. towel get over here i'm already moist <laughs> wrap me on your shoulders and then sort of improvise is how you want to do it oh I, uh, when I was doing, cause I did second city main stage before the pandemic in oh, Toronto wow. here. Wow. Then, so I was, um, doing this bit where I was a magician and, but all my bit, all my magic tricks were just long walks to flipping you off. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, after that, I would go magic and I'm like, fuck, oh that's God. Pete Holmes. I know there where I got that. <laughs> I thought you were like, please, I'm about to let you off. You're not even on the hook. Like there's no hook. There's no hook. It's like the album King of Limbs, no hooks. Um, I actually really like that album, but it's what not a deep hooky. cut. Um, and that was sort of based, my my friend Pat Walsh tweeted that I'm realizing now he tweeted something about like it's like an unsuccessful fishing trip no hooks or something like that <laughs> anyway I thought you were gonna say and this sounds like I'm holding your feet to the fire but yeah. there's a doctor sketch we did where I do all these like I'm always flipping people off in sketches and I right. I'm like moving my clipboard and like covering my hand and like reveal mm-hmm. but I mean I didn't make that up. No, like, God, I didn't make no, it up either. Like yeah. Me and my brother used to do this one. Yeah. We would go, which hand? Which hand? Which hand? Yeah. And then <laughs> guess hand? a hand. And then you go. And and what I loved about it was you were wrong and then you were flipped off. Because whatever yeah. hand they pick, that you'd make them yeah. wrong, obviously. The nicest guy in the world goes, you're right. Yeah, that was it. You guessed it. Um, but like, yeah. <laughs> when I, I just, like, there's just, 
comedy is almost like a Aurora Borealis. This is very weird, but it's it's like a collective yes. unconscious. Yeah. And like we're all sort of in service of it. This doesn't mean like you get a pass to completely rip people off, but like mm-hmm. when I look at what I was doing, um I'm like that voice is definitely because of my influences. Like Brian Regan was coming in there. Mm. TJ oh, yeah. there. Like whenever right. I watch any of my friends from Chicago do crowd work or improvise or do like silly stuff like that, I'm always reminded of how we would watch TJ do stuff like that. And and he really had an impression on all of us. Right. And, you take and I had wondered because I had noticed like and I was like, is that like a Chicago sort of accent? Because I guess like Adam well, Pally I mean. sort of has uh, that little bit no, too. It is. And I was like, but it's, it's Bill Murray. Right. When Bill Murray, bad guy oh. in a little coat. Yeah. yeah. Chris Farley is doing Bill Murray. I'm not taking away from Chris Farley, but right. like, let's sing like Bill Murray. You know, it's, or talk like Bill Murray and be like, of course. I want to, I want, oh, can I borrow your point. backpack? Can I borrow? I just want a backpack. I can't really do it, but like he's yeah. doing that Y sound. I never thought about yeah. that. Such a good yeah, point, Bill Murray. So TJ specifically sort of enlightened me that this aspect to my voice, which is more effeminate, was funnier than fighting it. Like leaning into it and being yeah. like, "What's happening? What's going <laughs> right. on?" That was that was something that he was doing that that like rubbed off certainly on me. I love that. Yeah. That's such a good point because I never thought about the Bill Murray, uh, uh, Bill Murray connection. But that's why I'm saying Chris Farley's doing Bill Murray, right? That guy in a little coat, <laughs> like that's Bill Murray. Like that goes a, all the way Bill back. Murray impression I just yeah. did. Like that's, that is voice, good. <laughs> your voice cracks and all that. But that's what I'm saying. Chris Farley's one of the greats, and he was doing Bill Murray. So there's a we're all. It's almost like we're scientists and we're trying to prove this hypothesis yeah. of comedy. And like what scientists do is they read the research papers of other scientists. (laughs) If you try to publish a paper that's just saying the same hypothesis and coming to the same conclusion as another one, the scientific community will be like, this is bullshit. You're a fraud. You're a hack. You'll probably be booted. (laughs) But like if you watch my early stuff, the big yellow one is the sun, like the Pete Holmes (laughs) dumb voice. And I would say this to them. Uh, Jim Gaffigan, bread, they have bread here, is very, he changed it. But yeah. like, that is because science, scientist, scientist Brian Regan published a paper, a special, that <laughs> Jim Gaffigan, me, Bill Burr, the flip, 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 flip. Oh, you, you gotta like, this is Bill Burr. This yeah. is Bill Burr's silly voice. <laughs> I love He's it. like, you're going there. You, you want to be a nurse? She's over there going like, oh, you're so great. You're so great. <laughs> it's, um, this is not to call them out. What I'm saying is yeah. there's a collective. It's a collective. So when people, when you tell me that I'm doing, uh, or you were doing a voice that I do, uh, I'm like that's yeah. that's the most beautiful way to like contribute. Right, we're using your science. You're using my science. It's it's the I bet it's the same feeling. If I see two funny people like you guys doing something that that mm-hmm. is using a theorem or an equation that I helped develop, but I'm also telling you that there were these scientists that helped me develop it. Yeah, and as long as we like, pass it on. Yeah, we're all just pushing it forward. And then there's also cultural taste. Like you guys are defining a taste and what. An audience, for some reason, 
this is very heady, but like that's <laughs> that's like live. It's a controlled experiment. I'm doing it for audiences, and this is why stand-ups, I think, and improvisers probably make a lot of breakthroughs for live audiences. So you're getting the data. So the yeah. audience is involved in this as well. I probably tr I, for a long time I was doing a New York voice for my dumb voice. I'd be I had this bit about New York State Lottery, and their slogan was "Hey, you never know." And I was like, I love that it's just like, hey, you never know. You never <laughs> know. <laughs> Do you know? You never yeah. know. And I and so I was like, oh, the crowd <laughs> seems to like. And really, what are we talking about? It seems to be not offensive to do yeah. a New York accent and a Boston accent. Like for, yeah. these, these are like safe accents to mock. Um, I'm not trying to be salacious but you couldn't do a native mm. american voice like yeah. like there's certain groups that's no. like fuck you like fuck no like we're not yeah, gonna do not that okay. yeah um but the new york accent seemed okay uh but that was the data and and that really the data was how they laughed at that and then i tried that more so what i'm saying is it's it's hubris for me to even be like i made it the crowd was giving the feedback to be like this is what uh 2015 wants like, cause we mm -hmm. are 2015, you know, mm -hmm. we were tw 2000 and now we're 2021 and we're going like, what what's do, the new what thing? Like yeah. now. Yeah. So that's why if it's not against you, it's for you. If someone is, you know, same team, yeah. even though people think standups are like so <laughs> cutthroat and lone wolf. I'm sort of like the good ones. Dimitri Martin. Yeah. Go, yeah. Stephen Wright. Yeah. Like, it's I'm not, fine. Yeah. I'm not going to. You think I just came up with this? <laughs> and and I, I'd love to talk to Stephen Wright about it, but I'm sure he has some name like Shappy McNutts. Or whatever. <laughs> he's good. I, you know, nah, he's good. You should have said Shappy. <laughs> Are you back out doing live shows? Is like, is that back? My first one is tonight, actually. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, I yeah. cool. I haven't done is it, it in inside with walls around you and a roof over your head. Nope. It's nope. it's hobo. It's hobo style. It's outside. Um, <laughs> Right, but apparently this one is it has the illusion because it's. I think they did something smart where it's like in an alley, so there are two outdoor buildings and you're in between them. So it creates. Yeah. It's almost like a catch twenty two. It's like there's still walls, but we're still yeah. outside. Yeah, and some buildings are fine. It's, yeah, L.A. You can get away with that. Like if you were to do that here in Toronto right now, it's friggin' rainy and snow. It's way too, way too yeah. cold. Yeah. And it's but about it's like, to be way too hot. <laughs> yeah. Know, like, oh, yeah. So you're going to have to get inside it. soon. I, I was wondering, though, if like there's, I and mean, I guess you'll find out tonight if there's that feeling. Your comedy is so positive anyway, but if it feels like, because my girlfriend was doing a, uh, had to do a JFL roast just like a, a week ago for, mm -hmm. for Just for Laughs up in Ontario. And it was this thing. And I was helping her write these jokes. They were all like negative and roast ro jokes, roasty. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to be mean right now. It feels like the world doesn't want to be mean. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's like the I, I noticed a real shift um, when when Trump won and things just got a little meaner. I, mm, I don't mean yeah. to offend anybody if, if <laughs> who cares, but the world got a little <laughs> bit harsher. What I meant yeah. is we had a, a political leader that was sort of like. Hey, I call it like I see it, and you got a yeah. fucked up face. You know what I mean? Like it was just <laughs> and that's sort of cool, that. and that's funny. Yeah, we remember the game Cards Against Humanity. It was oh, like yeah. say something fucked up to your sister and slap her. <laughs> like that was so fun during the Obama Obama administration. Like it was so yes. fun. And then I remember after Trump won, we were playing it, and we we're like, 
say something cheekily racist or what? I don't even remember. Yeah, how yeah and you're like, this works. isn't fun anymore. And That's you're like, I don't like this. Like, I feel the- like the Cards Against Humanity whole game came out of apples to apples. The one card in apples to apples said <laughs> AIDS. And that was always like this yeah. harsh joke you'd throw yeah. in yeah. and yeah. offend everybody. That's and right. Someone was like, mm. what if every card was that? <laughs> AIDS, AIDS. That yeah, used to say that Bill Murray. And people are talking about AIDS. <laughs> like it softens everything. Yeah. But uh, I I actually, okay, so we were talking about. Uh, the Headed back to positive. Sort of talking about the subconscious. So the, the I love roasts. I, I am a positive comedian and I'm with you. I don't think this is a great time for a roast. Nobody wants anybody yeah. taken down a notch because what, what do we roast? We roast identities. And what does a quarantine right. do? It removes your identity. You don't have an identity anymore. Like, because you're just inside and your identity is a reflection of how people treat you and see you and how you respond. Right. In relationship. Oh, that's interesting. So like, there's no, that. that's why I sort of quietly enjoyed this time was it was very like self emptying, if you will. Like I, I just got to be just a guy making a sandwich for my daughter. And that, and that <laughs> was actually kind of beautiful and calm if you could lean into it. And if you were able to not worry about X, Y, Z. Yeah. Um, but when life is up and bullshit is at its best, and we'll be back to manufacturing our personalities yeah. and all of our nonsense and all of our personas, and everybody just goes around acting like nothing's <laughs> happening, like we're not ghosts in a shell, just being like, hello, how are you? My, my name's Dan, and I'm a serious guy. And you're like, well, my name's Steve, and I'm the guy who plays the AIDS cards in Apples to Apples. <laughs> and like, I, yeah. I really think Classic there's a lonely Steve. feeling in our bellies where we're like, this isn't it. Like, this is just a game and roasts yeah. and by the way this sounds super spiritual i also just mean like the unconscious is like the nicest person also is like i just want someone to sit on my feet <laughs> you know like they have like really <laughs> gross or not gross yeah. they have things that they are ashamed of yeah so a roast can be like young and freud said it can be shadow work when it's good when it's done in like a, if I'm roasting somebody that I know especially and like especially, but it doesn't have to be. When I was in Montreal, I roasted Blake Griffin, um, the basketball man. <laughs> oh yeah, and we he, were there that year too. I yeah. like basketball man. I like uh, basketball referring man. to him as basketball man. Yeah. And it was really fun because I don't, I don't, I really don't follow sports. That is sort of one of those things you could call bullshit on. Like you don't know it's called basketball player, but it's fun to pretend. Yeah. Um, I mean, I play video games. I know enough. Anyway, <laughs> it was so fun because I, everybody called me Mean Pete. I needed to like other myself. I needed to become like a persona or I felt more comfortable being like, I'm Mean Pete tonight. I'm not going to be that. And just like fucking, it felt so good mm. to just tear down Blake and say stuff Griffin. you really. <laughs> What's that? Just tear down Blake Griffin. Tear it's down so Blake funny. Griffin. <laughs> but I mean, I did. Like, people gave me some... Like, you want to talk about things that we don't talk about. And one of them is, like, somebody... I think it was um, Jimmy Carr helped me write this joke because I didn't know anything about basketball. But he was like, um, you make... I don't even know what it is. $75 million a year. I don't know what it is. Let, yeah, let's say yeah. it's seventy five. It's Outrageous number. number. Outrageous okay. number. And I go, uh, you make $75 million a year. Uh, this isn't quite right. And you've never won a championship. I've never won a championship. Where's my $75 million? Something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got it. But what that's doing in that 
very loose light shadow work is like wait wait why do you make <laughs> so right, much yeah, money yeah. like <laughs> it's like a safe place and he's laughing too he didn't make the system he didn't make this he's like why do it. we value you like so you're worth 10,000 middle school teachers like it's just like it's <laughs> insane it's like really insane and and you could call the same bullshit on a comedian or anything like I'm, I'm not off the hook but there's this discrepancy in money and and a roast can be a really safe and helpful way to get those laughs out so they don't turn into like ulcers basically right. <laughs> well and that's kind of the point of I mean I guess that's one of the points of comedy which is to is to kind of like pull that back and to be like, this That's is it. crazy. And to get a little spiritual for a, for a bit, because you uh, you do on your podcast, so now we do too. Yeah. We, uh, do too. we do too! We do too! You're uh, the, some of the best uh, spiritual, um, I guess, would it be advice? Or like one of the best sermons was hidden inside of your special, your last one. And it was oh. like, oh, why hasn't a pastor said this to me when I was back when I was going to church? And it was your bit about there was just that sense of like, it could be lights out at the end. It could be nothing. Yeah. But also like, come on. You know right. what I mean? Like, look at all this. And right. I was like, that that's that highlighted my feeling about this whole world so much where you're walking around. You're like, so this is just like it's just here and then it's going to be gone later. Like, come on. Yeah. Right. There's something going on. There's a little something here. Yeah, well, that was that was based on I can't remember the exact quote, but it was something Ramdas said. There's a great little 20 minute documentary of his called Going Home. It's on Netflix. And he said something in there that really resonated with me, where it was like the way I phrased it in the special, basically, is that life is evidence of uh, like impossible yeah, exactly. Impossibilities. So what I say in the bit is uh, an afterlife would make as much sense as a life. Like you woke yeah. up here. <laughs> like, yeah, what's who, that? Exactly. Like, Come on. I, I, and you know what it's also based on is, is Penn Gillette, who's obviously a famous atheist. Mm -hmm. I was like, so when you think when you die, it's lights out. He's like, probably. And he's like, but I believe in infinite possibilities. I live in a universe of infinite possibilities. And all of the great thinkers that I, or that, that I consider great look to what is for evidence right and what is right now is consciousness <laughs> like not just, yeah. so like probably, nobody, yeah this is the thing that I've been tri tripping out on lately it's like nobody's off the hook you can be the most hardcore materialist and and just reason and science and that's beautiful I, I don't even want to change you but I do like to point out that you're not off the hook because the theory the Big Bang theory which is just a theory we do know that there was an explosion that yeah. expanded the universe we can yeah. we can prove that something happened but the theory really down to its roots and i'm sure they find this very annoying just like when i was a christian i found it very annoying that people would be like so a monk falls oh. in a ravine he yeah. goes to hell like it's like totally. yeah, that whole thing yeah it's probably their version of this but a the big baby. bang yeah was nothing and erupted for no reason okay that's fine <laughs> that's fine yeah Have all it. i'm saying is you're not off the hook you're still a magical mysterious motherfucker like you're yeah. still here with me and i happen to be in the in the tradition that likes symbols and stories because i know that the best way to understand love or joy or connection or sacrifice or grace or mercy or redemption is through stories and I go, well, I'm going to follow that out and say probably life itself is not explained best with facts. Like it, it doesn't necessarily – I don't want the sheet oh, music. Yeah, I want yeah, to yeah. hear the music. I want to hear it. I want to, I want to have it pass through me. And that's what mysticism is. But like um, 
I sure do need need the sheet music. I'm talking to you with the sheet music right now. I just want to be very yeah. careful to not put down science. I'm trying to invite them in. <laughs> Even yeah. if you're so much smarter and understand all these things that I'll never understand. Yeah. The fundamental building block of reality is still a fucking mystery. And a good a good scientist, in my opinion, the ones that I like talking to, will happily concede that point. They'll just be like, yep. And that's that's the common ground that I like. That's why I can talk to an atheist about it. That's why I can talk to a, a Deepak Chopra about it. It doesn't matter how woo-woo you are or how uh, black and white materialist you are. We can all go to the stomach-dropping yeah. sensation of what is right now, which we don't have to debate whether or not it exists because it's happening right now. Yeah. You are experiencing it right now. Let's just talk about that. Let's just talk about the phenomenon of being. And that's what, you've probably heard me say this, that's what God in the Old Testament says his name is. He says, my name is I am. And I always thought that was God being sort of like a bitch, being like sort of cheeky. <laughs> being like, what's my name? My name is, my name is. Like, get out of here. And then but that was the first metaphor. They were saying, yeah. The energy that started the universe is like a bush that burns that isn't consumed. So what is that? That's just like an endless renewable source of energy. Okay, for evidence of that, look at anything in your room right now. Moving. <laughs> yeah. Dead people are filled with atoms that are moving and changing and interchanging. There's a, a constant... Becoming something energy. else. Yeah, yeah. And if you ask that energy, what is your name? Smoke some DMT if you want to do this yourself. I've never done it, but you could. <laughs> If you ask that energy, what is your name? It would say, I am, I am this. I am, I, the only way it can explain it to us stuck in these meat puppets with these brains, <laughs> these, these dualistic brains, it would go like, I am the quality of amness. I am being, <laughs> and you are that. And that is the common ground. And really, that's the only question to ask. It's the only question to ask. There's is other that... questions to ask in the game of life, but I mean, the big yeah. one is that. I think the second biggest question probably would be, um, how much money do you have in your bank account? <laughs> <laughs> how much cash you got? Yeah. Speaking liquid. Of what's, what do you got? <laughs> liquid. What do you got that's liquid? What's I know you're a burning bush, so you probably don't want to talk yeah, about yeah. liquid. But what I do you, you got, got that's the liquid? You got the sauna asset, but what's liquid? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, I want to yeah. list the sauna in my uh, assets. I, I have didn't... a sauna. I have a car. <laughs> I have a sauna. I have a car. Got this chair. I I did not mean to ruin the like because I thought that was very insightful and really a lot of fun to to go on that trip with you just now. Yeah. But like the comedy brain was like, you're gonna have to yeah. ruin this moment. <laughs> oh, that yeah, I mean that's yeah. my whole that's my whole life. I was watching Curb, uh JB Smoove just did my podcast. It's not out yet. Oh cool. Yeah, that's great. Sweet. Yeah, he was he's awesome. And I, I was wait. watching a lot of Curb and I was like, Curb can really bother me because um I, I think it's great and I love I laugh yeah. at yeah. it. And I think it's interesting. But it, I said to Val, I was like, it's like you're in his dream. And you really feel like every character is just saying to him what he wishes someone would say to him so he could say. And by the yeah. way, that could be any auteur. But some auteurs work harder to disguise it. Right. But the thing that this actually sounds like a criticism. What I like about it is that he's just tripping over himself to get to the funny part. And that's why he had... 11 12 seasons and that's why my show had three seasons is because i couldn't stop interrupting myself with 
well, what if uh, Pete sits with Penn Jillette and he explains atheism to him? That doesn't <laughs> right. mean my show is better because it's deep. I just mean like I can't even get through this podcast without really coming to life when we start talking about the name of God. Did right. you know that the, the Hebrew name of God is Yahweh, which they think is ma- mirrored after our breath? So it's like, <sighs> so like it's like hmm. it's not supposed to be something else somewhere else. It's life. It's life. You don't <laughs> have to believe in it or not believe in it. It's fucking happening. I get really excited. But then, yeah, like, when I love it. I love about, it. When we talk about like uh, boners and pizza and sick, whatever, sick, sick. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah cool, I love, cool, I cool, love cool. that too. But I, I, I can't stop interrupting myself <laughs> because I don't know. You could die tomorrow. I will say the things that I feel the best about at the end of the day. I do really love the times that I've made people laugh. That can be mm. such, I, you ever need a laugh? I'm sure you have recently. Yeah. Like you just yeah. need it and someone gives it to you and you just cry with laughter and it's such yeah. a joy. That that really is like a mitzvah, that's a gift. Um, and, and then I'm also glad that I have the other side which is like the people that are like, I grew up religious and I just, because religion really ruins spirituality for so many people. Totally. And then they don't get the fun, like I said, the stomach drop fun of like, let's go back to the the origin of everything and let's just sit in that sort of titillating unknowing. Religion comes in and goes, don't jerk off. And you're like, well, fuck. Like, how did... They I was really enjoying the, that. Yeah. <laughs> you could dump in the swimming pool. I mean, it really did. And worse than that... I mean, yeah. there's lots of great and beautiful and compassionate reasons to be an atheist. It's usually because you can't pledge allegiance to something that's been used to rape and murder and control. Totally. So that's great. Usually that's like you're you're further ahead. Your, your heart is probably <laughs> more likely to be able to open and blossom and, and be converted, meaning see the world differently. See the world as yourself. That's what conversion is. But um I don't know where I was going with that. Bonus. Well, you were talking about why Curb worked for 15 seasons. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and Curb's just funny. He doesn't yeah, care. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I'm, I'm watching yeah. going like, no one would say that. No one would say that to him. I would find myself, right. I could watch like two two in a row of Curb. I love Curb. Yeah. Uh, it is one of my favorite shows. But I become more of an asshole in everyday life because I just start <laughs> to mirror like, it a bit. I see injustice towards me everywhere. That's and just what, like, that's what the there's show no pickle should. on my burger. There's no pickle here. You know, it's yeah. just like, <laughs> and then JB comes and goes, you don't put a pickle on a burger. You put a pickle beside a burger. The pickle's got to be on the side of the burger because the pickle's very wet. And if the, if the bun gets wet, if the bun gets wet, Larry, then you're, then you're, then you're eating a beverage. You don't want to eat a beverage. You want to drink a beverage. You want to eat a sandwich. You want to eat a beverage. And, and he, and he like good. agrees with that. him as if he didn't like kind of come up with the scene where it's like, and you agree with me and you sort of say like, yeah, yeah. it makes the sandwich wet. I do believe he's improvising, but like JB at least knows you agree. Like you yeah. agree with me. And, then, and so what it is, is it's the insanity of my own mind. I'll split <laughs> characters in my own mind and I'll be like, that person was wrong. And I'll make another me in my mind that goes like, yeah, that's basically what Curb is. They yeah. should have. They should have given yeah. me the hand. He cut in front of me and give me the hand. You gotta give him a hand. <laughs> and then what are we doing? You're like, and and I think Larry is a, a genius, and I know he knows this. I don't think his interest is in making like a 
like a show where you learn lessons. I think he just <laughs> yeah, wants he doesn't to want to see a growth no. happening. You know, there's no growing. Yeah. It's just fun. It's and and I actually think there's something profound about just holding up. This is the insanity of being human because. Even yeah. though it makes you more of an asshole, yeah. I could also see it make you laugh at yourself and stop doing that. Be like, what am I? That guy's miserable. I got to stop this. You you sort <laughs> of lightly suggested that that was like a reason why your show didn't go as long. Because like, do you did you see yourself as like always trying to get to the end of every episode or something like or, or like what was it that you compared it to like uh, with well, Curb? Curb just wanted to make you laugh. And I think that'll always be great, especially mm -hmm. if you're a, like a genius like Larry David and you're just like, what did I have? I Sometimes I have a little Curb. Somebody uh, who directed Curb uh, directed Crashing, his name's Jeff, and I would pitch him my Curb ideas. I don't have my phone, but I every once in a while I'll write down like a Curb thing. Yeah. Because I'm like, this is so Curb. <laughs> and uh, I got to tell him to him. Um, That's awesome. But yeah, he was polite to listen to those. But I... <laughs> I what we're talking about is I like talking about deep stuff, feelings, <laughs> relationships, love, the meaning of life so much that I would rather have a three season show that go that yeah, people go right. like that. That episode really like opened me up on this or that or this. Um, we don't have a lot of those, but. It's almost like what I'm saying is the way that I'm a podcast guest and the way that I'm a podcast host is that also the way that I make shows. And it's also the way that I make stand up sometimes and that I can't really help myself. Once you get a taste of what I would call the real. Yeah. It's very, very Morpheus. But when you <laughs> the taste real. Yeah. the real, um, that's that's the difference between pretending you love God and actually really having like a lit up intensity to talk. Oh, about I like ministry. that. You know what I mean? There's also got to be an addiction to, and maybe this is more practical, this is more meat and potatoes about it, um, but like there's got to be an addiction to trying to figure out how to word it in a way that is uh, accessible. Like, do you ever yeah. find, because I'll, I'll go off, I'll, but I, I don't, I don't know enough of the, like the philosophy, like the gears and stuff to, to make it make sense. So I just end up sounding really weird or not making right. any sense. So there's an addiction to like, oh, how can I figure out a perfect way to say that? That Absolutely. makes my point so clear. Yeah, no, and and when you find other people, more often I'll find other people that say it perfectly, and you're <laughs> yeah. like, uh, it's nah. different. You love it, and and what's yeah. crazy is it's not like comedy. You can do other people's bits. You can say who it is. Oh yeah, but you can't go on stage and say this is an Anthony Jeselnik bit and then do it. <laughs> when you're talking about spirit, talk about a collective. Talk about people that are like as soon as Don Scotus proved this. Theologians just took that and everybody I was I, Richard Roy did my podcast and I told him uh, an anecdote that I had heard from Ramdas and he just said, oh, that's good. I'm going to use that. Like it's 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 like everybody's right. like it's the big game. Yeah. So the, it's like science. So there's no like, oh, well, that's my theorem. You have to pay me fifty dollars. <laughs> like, it's like math. As soon as you develop the you yeah, know, numbers uh, are numbers. You can't like. Yeah, that's right. It, you, and that's how it seems in uh, theology. But I'm happy Very to talk cool. about comedy too and do silly bits. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what it was one of like, because we don't want to take up too much of your time here, and we are coming sort of like to the end of what our episodes usually go. But we did have I wanted but to do a, light, do a, three a hour, lightning round with you. We could do a classic three hour rap of. Uh, I know you. I do want to say the intro, <laughs> the, the fake intro that you did. 
I don't know which of which one of you it was that said that was it. Peter. Oh yeah. no, here we go. All right, it's it trouble made me time. Laugh so hard. Oh, oh, the uh, the Pete's so picks. Much. Yeah, the Pete's picks. Pete's picks. Are you on? Are you on Alpha Brain right now? Are you I'm not on Alpha Brain because I don't work on the weekends. Right. Uh, that, that's right. a real uh, key. <laughs> if you're able to not work on the weekends, I will feverishly write down ideas because that's not working. That's your what, brain right. working. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, you're being quiet enough and relaxing enough that it comes out and, and you enjoy it. That's fun. I like that. But I don't like plop in the chair and go like, all right, let's bang it out. And that's when yeah. I take. I mean, it is right here. This is Alpha brain. I love I don't I really do I really do love and this is my Charlotte's Web. Charlotte's Web isn't a, sp a sponsor anymore but um, What's they that? Were What's that's the CBD, long. right? That's the CBD. Yeah. These are the gummies. I I I don't drink anymore and I don't like smoking pot. Uh, mm -hmm. I do I love smoking pot. I think it's super fun. <laughs> but like usually if I smoke pot on Monday I'll smoke it on Tuesday. Then I'll smoke it on oh, Wednesday. I see what you're saying. Yeah. It sort of right. puts the hook in me. And yeah. then and then I'll do it enough that like I'm so cloudy during the day that I can't do what I really love, what really mm -hmm. gives my life meaning, which is like connecting, reading, remembering, learning, growing, <laughs> yeah. changing. I just become <laughs> like an empty yeah. styrofoam cooler. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> what can I eat today? Like it really puts me in my animal. And I don't say animal to put it down. That's what's good about it is somebody that's so heady, you can smoke weed and you come into your body a little right, bit yeah. and, and you're, you're a little less critical and you laugh more and all that stuff. So anyway, CBD really was and is a really nice in-between. This is not an ad. We're just talking about it. You can, you can <laughs> I'm sold. Any, I'm, uh, I'm going to get it. Yeah, any we're kind it. of CBD <laughs> you want or, or not. But for yeah. me, even when I was doing crashing, you don't want something that's going to intoxicate you. Uh, at all, but you right. want something that just makes you like a little bit. I always put it this way: I was like, you can just feel a smile kind of behind your face. <laughs> so <laughs> I'd be in the eleventh hour of shooting, yeah. and I'd take just a little bit, and I just didn't care as much that the lights broke and we needed like a four-hour right, row. right. Yeah, that's a I good sales pitch right there. It's anyway. fine. Yeah. It's like I mean, yeah, okay. we all want to laugh more, but I could still laugh. remember. I could still read. I could still that. Yeah. yeah. I, I know, Chris, um, that, I, yeah, we definitely want to get to the, we do the like rapid fires, but I really want to quickly ask, sure. uh, because this could be like good advice I don't, for I was us planning in the future. on an hour and a half, just so you know. Oh, great. Okay, cool. Let's do it. Well. Um, but this is my, well, this <laughs> nope. might, this might give us that hour and a half here is like, because yeah. I'm wondering about crashing and the making of a comedy TV show. Um, and the difference, one thing I've been trying to wrestle with as we do more film and TV stuff, like trying to make more web series or whatever, like pitch stuff, is that there is a difference between um, Chris and I's quick history is we did we did a lot of live comedy, like theater, sketch comedy stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, that's how we got our start. And there's a translation problem I'm having. Maybe not a full problem. It's it's I'll figure it out. But between <laughs> doing live comedy and TV comedy. And when you were making crashing, that's what I'm wondering. Is there was there? Did you notice a translation that needed to happen from stand up to scripted? Um, and if yeah. yes, like how did you overcome that, or how did you make the translation work? I mean, there really is. I mean, yeah, I liked the movie Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar, but I also was yeah. like, oh, it's a Herald, and that's what I didn't like about it. Mm. Um, was <laughs> it that was pretty funny? Yeah, <laughs> I, I I laughed, and yeah. and if Kristen Wiig, dream guest of mine, I'll tell her how great it was. Oh, for if sure, there, and I'd mean it. We really needed it during the pandemic. So this yeah. is not 
nitpicking. I'm just saying it seemed like two improvisers saying, mm -hmm. let's put up, let's put on its legs a movie that's sort of based on the way that we improvise. So yeah. what I, not to ruin mm -hmm. the movie, but like I noticed the way they were riffing on the airplane in that movie just didn't feel, it felt scripted. There, there was. I was like, "Oh, these are plot points." Remember when she's like, oh. "And and uh, she lives in the ocean." Like, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah." yeah. I don't. It didn't You're feel like, like they were just up. trying to make each other laugh. It felt right. like they were laying pipe, as we call it. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and, that's, and that's what they were doing. They were laying pipe yeah. because it's going to come back at the end. Yeah. And you know, I I don't have to explain a Harold to you. Every part just sort of came back, and and if I had seen that show as a Herald, I would have lit myself on fire and <laughs> right. jumped out the window into 15 mattresses I pre-prepared. Like I would have been so thoroughly entertained. And then yeah. when I watched it as a movie, I was like, I loved it. I'm still calling it an, like an A minus, but the minus sure. is because I'm like, there's something in the, Seinfeld the talks about jokes being like organ transplants. So you have the idea and it's like a lung and you have to bring it to the patient and you have to put it in. And something in the moving of the lung, just a little too much air got on the lung. It still worked, but I, I feel funky when I swim. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's something ah, wrong. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. Isn't it? It, it makes jokes sort of exciting. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which they're not. His other comparison, by the way, is you're asking the audience to jump between two cliffs. And uh -huh. he's like... If the setup and the punchline are too obvious, there's no titillation. It's like jumping over. Oh yeah, nothing. yeah, yeah. And if it's too far, if you didn't explain it enough, they all fall mm -hmm. in the middle. That's like when they don't follow you. Yeah. So you want it to be just right. So they're jumping and they get the rush. Like I didn't think we were gonna make it. I got we there. Made it. Right. Totally. There <laughs> Maybe some people fall in because they're drunk or they're not listening. But yeah, most of us make it. Yeah. So to answer your question, um. When it comes to, like, improv is, I know this isn't exactly what you asked, but it's like improv and stand-up are sort of funny because they're happening live. Yeah, like exactly. There's an element of it, like, it's happening live. Yeah. Like, I remember on the show Louie, um, I, I, bad person, you know, um, flawed person. Sure, <laughs> yeah. I feel like when you mentioned a scandal. It's, yeah. Flawed. Um he uh, he'd have characters like in the grocery store talking like stand-ups, and and the and I just remember being like, why do I not not just not like this? Like I actually kind of hate it. They'd be like, mm -hmm. I said, get the fuck out of my cunt, you fucking piece of shit. And I'm just like, this in a stand-up club where we're all pirates and the doors are closed <laughs> yeah. and the windows are drawn. I'm like, ha ha ha, we're pirates. Like God's ah, nasty and fun. But then now it's on TV and and the the lung didn't quite make the transplant for me. Yeah. A lot of people yeah. probably love that show. So it's a different thing. So improv doesn't like directly translate. We can't just film what we improvised. Um, and you can't just film acting out like your stand up premises, like everything, meaning whatever it is. I have all the all this like highfalutin like de like comedy is the aurora borealis. I'm into like, it. I'm into it. Mm -hmm. Like a TV show, and an idea will either want to be a TV show. You have to be careful with an idea. Right. It's like a little baby, <laughs> and it's like you go, "This could be a movie," and you really have to check yourself. Do you want it to be a movie because you think you're going to make a million dollars? Is that why? 
Like, right. Like, do you want to go to a premiere? Do you want a gift basket from the arc <laughs> right. Is that what this is? I feel like there's We're, the other thing of uh, when we pitch shows and be like, uh, the, we it's a web series for us right now, but like also to these executives when they're like, what? It seems more like a movie, and you're like, yeah, okay, then let's make it a movie. How yeah, about like, we'll yeah. do anything? Right. We'll right. do anything to our baby. Anything you tell I, well, us to. Yeah. <laughs> that's a little different. They, they yeah. so the baby is whispering what it wants to be. That's kind of creepy. Um, <laughs> the idea wants to be honored in yeah. uh, a specific way. And some this is why it's great to do lots of different types of comedy. Sometimes mm. you think of something and you really just go, like I literally just said, it's really funny uh, to call Mark Wahlberg Mark Wahlberger. Like I just made a note. Yeah. But it's not like it's not like stand up funny. I couldn't ask people to jump between two cliffs and have the punchline be Mark Wahlberger. You file it under like basically like cute for the right moment, maybe social joke. Like right. you, you yeah, just bit, do it to bit. make your friends yeah. laugh. Yeah. It's like we were watching the movie Mank and then a, a few days later, I <laughs> it's embarrassing, but I farted and <laughs> Val was there. And I just went, oh, that's mank. And she laughed <laughs> so hard. And that's just because when we were watching mank, I didn't say it right away. That's an amateur. Mank sort of sounds like something you'd say, like, I guess, what what is the word? Rank? D- uh, rank? Dank? Yeah, or something like yeah. that. Dank. It's dank. dank. Yeah. <laughs> it's dank. Rank. Rank works, too. Yeah, rank, dank. It just sounds like something you'd say for a bad smell. Uh, if there's anything about me that's... <laughs> That's mildly disciplined is I'll go, I'm not going to say it now. I'm going to wait. Yeah. And I don't I'm even, that. you just, and that's what you do with Mark Wahlberger. You're like, that's sort of funny. <laughs> I'm going to go here. And then sometimes you go like, um, I remember somebody telling me a movie pitch where they were like, it was, it wasn't my movie. I have no ownership of this movie and it didn't end up getting made, but they were like, a baby gets left at a frat house. It, it it's only ever known a frat house. It gets raised in a frat house. <laughs> and the movie is about Will Ferrell, and he's a baby that was raised in a frat house, and you call it Frat Boy. And I was like, well, that's a movie. Like, that. Yeah. Like it just it just is a movie. Yeah, you yeah. can tell. Man- yeah. Mank is a throwaway, make, your, make my wife laugh. Uh, frat Boy is a movie. And, <laughs> and some, the great thing about doing stand-up, doing improv, doing sketch, and writing movies and writing TV is you can go like, whatever it is, we can honor whatever it is. It, it might be a yeah. tweet. Like, it sort of sucks. You have a great joke and you're like, I think that's a tweet. I thought it was really funny to, to that my rap name was Desmond Tutu. <laughs> like two twos, <laughs> not Desmond Tutu, but Desmond 2.2. 2. <laughs> <Right. laughs> it was like, but like, think about um, Tropic Thunder, right? His rap yeah. name is Alpha Chino, Alpha Chino. Yeah. Right. And that's so funny. Where did that come from? That came from a writer who probably at some point was like Alpha Chino, haha, and just put just it in his bullshit right. folder. Yeah, right. And that's a good improv joke. And that's a good make your wife laugh mank joke, or it's a Mark Wahlberger joke. But you need lots of different baskets or folders or in your brain to be like, that's where the jokes go. And I even have them in my my phone app or whatever. It'll be like story ideas, something absurd. Right. That oh yeah. I have every note in my phone just starts with sketch, sketch idea. And then there's, yeah. there's one, there's yeah. usually <laughs> one. And then I start a new file for everything. But yeah. it does suck to be in that. Like when you're writing in at second city, when we'd write a new show and it's just like, you look at everything in life and you like, it takes the joy out of life in a way. Sometimes when you're trying to a make sketch? a sketch out of everything, like you're yeah. out at a bar 
somebody laughs and you go, why'd you laugh? Why, how can we force that so that yeah. <laughs> I no, can you're a make it into a sketch later? <laughs> what, then, what is it? Yeah. You're like a lunatic, a, a, Chris. A serial killer <laughs> lunatic yeah. goes like, oh, I said these words and it made someone trust me. How can I do that on the night? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like it's insane. But then you're, tr you're trying that idea out like the next night and you find out pretty quickly if it's actually a sketch idea or just right. something that maybe you should have enjoyed and just enjoyed your life. But here, and <laughs> next real nickel in the pickle of comedy is one of the jokes that I did on um, Faces and Sounds was uh, unicorn. I go, unicorn, unicorn, more, what about unihorn? It has one horn, it has no corn. The words aren't that funny. I did that at an open mic when I was probably six years into comedy. And you just don't know how to, I, I really feel like the difference between me and even somebody that's like really funny on TikTok is I'm like, okay, the person on TikTok could wait for the perfect mood. I'm sure you guys, right. when, you're, when you're manic, when you're fucking yeah. me, you could make <laughs> anything funny. Anything funny. Yeah, I see like what you're you saying. You could just yeah. be funny. And that's what Ramdas said to me. He was like, don't do comedy, be funny. Like, become funny. And that's what I try to do. So my job yeah. as a stand-up is to try to manufacture the alchemy of a good mood at 8 o'clock tonight. That's what right. I'll be doing. Yeah. yeah. And that's the It is the funny, job. the the ways that also, like, Peter and I will, will do our shows. And if you're not feeling it that night, then you start to, like... Well, I know that if I fake a little smile here, if I like crack up, if I say this phrase as if I'm like feeling comedy and I'm even though I'm in a bad mood, it yeah. makes everybody follow along with you. It, it's a it's a cheat and improv to like fake break if you're. Of yeah, course. If you're not, but like, it's also kind I don't know of why it they sucks. Don't do it more. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> like also so kind of a SNL feedback loop. I watch. I'm just like, if they like when they fake laugh, then the rest of the sketch benefits. I know. Or, yeah. I or agree. at least. Yeah. <laughs> Be hesitant, like as if you can't say the line. And I understand that that is a cheat, but yeah, like yeah. the whole thing is a cheat. I'm reheating something that made me laugh four months ago. This is, yeah, exactly. this is fake. Yeah. It's show business. It's a show. It's pretend, but it's beautiful. And the, and the laugh can be real. That's why there's certain moments in my act where I'll laugh every time. Yeah. But I'm really trying to get into the space where I can where find you are funny. laughing, right? And it'll actually make me laugh. But like sometimes I don't. I, sometimes I'm you're doing the second show on a on a Friday, and you're just like, I'm going into my bag of tricks because in this moment, you guys laughing is more important than me feeling like an authentic. Like, <laughs> what what is my authentic feeling? Get anybody other than me? Like I get to go home and be like, I no nothing can shake me. Mm -hmm. Fuck me. Comedy is about dissolving. <laughs> it can be. It's also deeply narcissistic and self-serving. Of course. <laughs> we covered can, that. <laughs> it, but it can also be mutually beneficial. You yeah. can be serviced and there being service. It's like a yeah. 69. It should be like a 69. <laughs> comedy is a 69. Well, it's you like when a joke like, dies on you, you it's sometimes you just said it the same way all the time and then it's dead now all of a sudden. Nobody laughs the same. It's because you're... That's right. The, the joy for you is gone. Yeah, that's right. You can just the discovery feel that. is gone. Yeah, yeah. And it's and that's what I did with unicorn. So I didn't know how to do that joke, 
and I was saying it, I was just saying it, and then I figured out how to get into a state of comedy, to be comedy. Mm. And then you're like, oh, I think if I yell this, it's like a really absurd thing to yell this point. <laughs> and to be really, in, the word was incredulous. I'd go, unicorn? Unicorn. <laughs> You, uh, you, it has one horn. I can't even remember the joke, but like the attitude of incredulity, incredulity yeah, yeah, it yeah. would make it funny. And I had yeah. to learn that in my 15th year of stand up or whatever it was, the attitude mattered. So we can't get too caught in going like, they didn't laugh, it wasn't funny. So many old jokes. And then when you're writing a script, you'll be writing it and you go like, oh, fuck, that wasn't a stand-up joke. That's why it didn't work. It's a, it's a scene. It's something you say right. in a scene. But it's they're all work. in there. Mm -hmm. And that's when you get in the flow state of writing. I was writing a script yesterday, just taking notes, because I, I wasn't working, but I took note. And I just was talking about how I had the character start talking about how people who are really into Disney, like adults who are really into Disney, are sort of weird in the same way that adults who are really into Michael Jackson. Like it's that <laughs> same sort of like <laughs> same childlike, I don't know, they, they don't want to let something go or they oh, just want to be yeah. very similar. It's probably just because of Neverland now that I think about it. But I was like, I've never <laughs> been able to, to make that work on stage, but it, it, I can put in the mouth of this character and it yeah. won't necessarily be LOL, but at least inform this guy judges everybody. This guy is judging everybody. So all of that is to say, here's the best way I can answer your question, Peter, I think, is <laughs> I was like, of course you want to make, I loved girls, I love girls, the show girls. Um, I wanted to make a, a dramedy like mm -hmm. that. I, like I love that feel. And I was like, I think I have a dramedy in me. And I was like, okay, everybody keeps telling me what's interesting about me. I got married when I was 22. My wife left when I was 28. And I was raised in the church. I thought I was going to be a youth pastor. And then mm -hmm. I became a comedian. Okay, that's what I got. But I, that's not a pitch. That's a right. bad pitch. It's about a guy. <laughs> Here's the real, I feel like this is real gold, uh, I think. <laughs> Pitches need an engine. They need something that insists that it's episodic and the the great thing the, the advice isn't just have an engine is know that the engine can blow up it's the same with podcasts mark maron's podcast three what the fuck moments three moments in your life where you said what the fuck that's gone oh you yeah right weird. what are three things or five things whatever that that are weird about you like and would do like a pre-interview or not ask you a little bit about what's weird about you. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, even this for that example of like we're gonna do a different podcast every time and like we yeah, do, it not, now, right. yeah. do it occasionally. Now we do it occasionally, and it'll fade more and more and more. But that was yeah. the engine that made you guys think it's a podcast because what did that do for you? That made yeah. you go, I can see why this insists on being right. episodic. So you're just trying to infect someone else with the vision of mm -hmm. the illusion of episodicness. I love so, that. Yeah. When I was like, oh, wait, he doesn't have any money and he has to stay at a different friend's house, a different comedian's friend's house every episode. And I was like, that's a show. That was the, the light bulb that's moment. The, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if you watch, meaning you have the, the feeling, I could sell that. I could tell someone, it's like a metaphor. It's not exactly what the show will be, but it's mm -hmm. what I'll tell you that will make you know that it's a show. It's not exactly literally true because if you watch the show, we drop that conceit. And Judd even said that he was like, you know, you, that's how we'll sell it. But then as it goes, you'll just be doing a show, but you can't sell. We'll just be doing a show. Right, you can sell yeah. every episode. We're doing this. So whenever someone, a friend of mine pitches me a show or whatever, you want that engine. You want something that 
it's usually backing the story up. It's like you're starting too evolved. You know too much. Oh, and we move the okay. needle back to the first track of the record. Maybe right. not the first track, but the second or third. And you're starting yeah. it like you're doing what Del Close said and you're you're improvising at the height of your intelligence. But can we make it so you don't know how to meet <laughs> a, great. A, a woman or you don't know how to do stand up or you don't so we can watch you fucking do it? Every yes, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. But that's what we want to see, right? I was sort of wondering in that show, in your show, um, the HBS the relationship. Uh, I think <laughs> your parents uh, uh, and and your girlfriend. I think it's in the last season, right? Uh, your girlfriend at the time, and then she's sort of having a, a really loud orgasm at home. Yeah, is that like <laughs> I was? That was one of the moments where I was like, I wonder if that ha- did like. Did that happen? I guess is my question. <laughs> Your question is, did that happen? Let's yeah. talk about it. Yeah. Okay, so one of the ways that I, I think study, like trying to reconcile the Bible, I know, as mythology, I know. He's like, hang mythology. on, Chris, hang on. Hang we'll on. get no, there, we'll me, get there. Me. Stay with me. One of the things that did was it introduced me to symbolic storytelling, which is what the Bible is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, maybe some of it is literally true, maybe all of it, who knows? But like what the author's intent was, was to give you a feeling, was to give yeah. you an experience. And that's all mythology. That's what, like the Greeks didn't believe necessarily in a literal, we think they did, but that's mm-hmm. not necessarily how religious literature works. So anyway, what we're dealing with is like, what is the heart of the matter? And then what really happened, but what did it feel like? Yeah. So what really happened was I was dating a woman who was very uh, free sexually. Mm-hmm. I think that's wonderful. It was one of the best things about her. She just wasn't ashamed. And I was very ashamed. And I just mm-hmm. didn't know what to do with someone like that. It was challenging at times. <laughs> I was threatened for sure. Um, and it's not... It's not my speed. I, I don't want to drive a Corvette. Like, I can't handle it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not a Corvette guy. Um, I, I I don't want a Corvette. I, I want, like, the van from Dumb and Dumber. I want the, the, the dog van. Yeah. <laughs> like a friendly van. Um, but anyway, so what I'm saying is my parents met this woman. Um, I, it's in the show. They did tell her to put on a bra. So right. that yeah, made the that show. Moment. Yeah, that was that was almost verbatim, and that oh, argument really? I had with my mom, where I said, "How would I feel?" And I said this to my mom. I can't believe it. How would I feel if I met her parents and they said, "Your jeans are too tight. I can see your cock." I said that angrily to my mom. It was like one of the only raise your voice fights Whoa. I've ever had. Yeah. With my mom. It was because I was trying to defend the honor of my girlfriend and be like, "That is valid. Like it's not like us, but she can be who she wants." Yeah. And I remember because my parents were visiting, she had a stripper pole. I know. She had a stripper <laughs> pole <coughs> in her apartment. And I remember she was also just a very powerful person. I was very mm-hmm. intimidated by her. Again, I can't handle a Corvette. And, um, <laughs> but I said, look, my parents are coming. Can we take down your stripper pole? It was the kind <laughs> you could take down. Yeah. And she was like, are you crazy? Of course. Like, I would have taken it down. I don't want your parents to see a stripper pole. Um, So she took it down. Then we go out. They tell her to put on a bra. I have a fight with my mom. And then this actually feels like an episode of TV. That day, I'm so mad at my parents for not understanding me, for not understanding my desire to be a sexual person, my new girlfriend who you disrespect. We get back to her apartment, and I, like a play, 
go in her closet, get the stripper pole and reinstall it to be like, <laughs> this is you and I am not ashamed. Get ready. Get ready, get parents. Mom over. <laughs> and Take that's a look all, at this. Yeah. That's all good. I think the reason we didn't do that, because that does sound like an episode of TV. I want like yeah. a moment at the beginning. Can we take down your stripper pole? And I want that moment at the end. I, put, I put your stripper pole back up and say, fuck you to my parents. That does feel like an episode of TV. We probably talked about doing it that way. And then we go, well, are we going to, how many people are we going to lose that she has a stripper pole? Like, I think that might have been a consideration. Uh, okay. I was always pitching mm. the truth to Judd, and it was usually something about me. And he would be like, You're j it's just too weird. I understand that your mom kisses you on the lips and sits on your lap, <laughs> but it's too weird. So we're going to tone it down. <laughs> so then what game you're playing is, how can we convey the truth of it, the mythic core of it, without the details that might alienate or just might not make sense to people. Yeah. You know, it, I had never seen a stripper pole and I don't know what I would have thought of, of a girl who had a stripper pole. You'd be like, I, I don't know. Or so you'd that just be like, oh, that's, yeah, that's too far. Like they've taken the character too far. Maybe, or yeah. Something. Or you just don't buy it. You'd be like, yeah. that seems fake or whatever. Yeah. Or it seems like my problem with Curb. It's like, oh, Pete's dating a sexy girl and his idea of what a sexy girl is is that she has a stripper right. pole. It's yeah. like, fucking get <laughs> okay, over come yourself. On. Yeah. <laughs> So sometimes reality is too weird to translate into 22 minutes, 28 mm -hmm. minutes of TV. So we also wanted to marry it with the idea that we go home um, for a holiday. I forget what it is. So then we were like, well, the, the core of it is there's a moment where you say to your parents, I don't care what you think. I know you raised me to be a good boy, but I'm sexual. And she, <laughs> and I still feel this way about this woman, um, she really did break me out of a prison of sorts. Mm -hmm, it was right. like she sort of broke it, broke me out with like big band and like <laughs> tassels and just like just being an empowered Marilyn Monroe. You know what I mean? Smoking, yeah. she smoked cigarettes. She made drinks for me all the time. It was like a Mad Men girlfriend. But she broke me out, even though it didn't work, and there was mm -hmm. suffering involved, and we didn't see eye to eye on a lot of things. Um, she did jailbreak me. So I was like, how do we do that? She would come in, so it's her doing it, and have yeah. a performative, like on purpose, too loud in your mom's house orgasm. Right, yeah. And <laughs> the other example that you don't need, because I think you guys understand, is I didn't walk in on my <laughs> wife cheating, but mm. we want to like devastate the audience, and that's why you see it. Mm -hmm. You see affairs yeah. conveyed with catching, why is that? It's not a cliche. It's a trope. It can be cliche if done badly, but it's a trope for a reason is because how does it feel to find out your wife is having an affair? Well, it feels like walking in on them emotionally. Yeah. It feels like yeah. walking in on them. What really happened? She sat me down and she explained that she was in love with somebody. That's just not as good. So we want yeah, right. <laughs> a metaphor. It's we don't say it's like walking in on your wife having sex with someone else. You say he did it walk is. in on someone else having sex. <laughs> well, sort of the efficiency of comedy in, in in storytelling, but also the same thing with stand up. It's like how quickly can you get to the point you're trying to make? Similar yeah. in, in yeah. filmmaking. You're like, how do I get the audience to the thing I'm trying to get them to feel? That's right. And and stand up is a really good getting back into it tonight. I was like the one thing that I wonder if I'm able to do is like really chop through the nonsense when you want when you watch like a new stand-up i really mean like their first second time you'll just see them really belaboring like what's true or all the details it's, mm -hmm. you can really 
the way I describe it is you can feel them breaking into your house. Like they're <laughs> slowly lifting the window. They're coming in. They're taking your TV. They're like, nothing to see here. And like a, a good stand-up really just kicks in the door and takes the TV before you really know what happened. And and that's exciting. <laughs> right, yeah. you surprise you. <laughs> My TV's gone. This is great. <laughs> cool. You don't want a burglar that's like, I'm not usually like this. <laughs> yeah. I used to work at H&R Block. You know, <laughs> now I'm a cat burglar. Like, we don't need that. Just get to the part where you say the thing. <laughs> You're just in the doorway yeah. checking your phone. Like, you want to... Say the joke. Yeah, yeah. just get the TV and go. Let's go. Right. right. Yeah. I love that. Like my, one thing I, yeah. yeah go ahead. I was just going to say one takeaway too that I took from, from that whole piece about when I was talking about translating this into, into film and TV, there was one thing you said a ways back that was like getting yourself into a state of comedy. And I think that's, that's maybe touching on like kind of my problem with, with trying to make TV or web series type stuff is that I'm very used to Chris and I are very used to cre- getting into people into a state, like a live audience and mm-hmm. getting into a state of that sort of performance. So right. what I need to learn how to do or what if you're trying to make TV or try a different kind of comedy is what you need to do is figure out what is that state of yep. funny and how do you get a film set? How do you get, how do you get a set into funny mode? Right. I think that's really right on. You also remember that on the day it'll be better because there'll be an audience. It might be the sound guy and the yeah. camera people and all this stuff. But like you write it. That's why like, I don't know if you've ever noticed, like if somebody's deeply troubled and you're like, really? They seem so happy. And they go, well, he was a writer. Like, oh, right. <laughs> um, it's because writing is sort of insanity. You are, it's like a culturally agreed upon, okay way to talk to yourself. That's sort of why I'm making totally. fun of Larry is because I, I think as a, a writer, I can feel him really being like, and then he says this, and then I say this, and then he <laughs> says, but then I go, ah, and I'm like, it, it shines a light on my own discomfort with the fact that I, so when I was making Crashing, I was really trying very, very, very hard to represent the other people. I was trying to let my ex-wife win the point. I was That's trying good, to- yeah humiliate right. me or not because if you're have, not if you're not careful it just becomes exactly what you would have wanted to do in real yeah. life like you're reenacting a, a fantasy it's, it's a grotesque that character fantasy. of the yeah. the husband the she's being cheated you you know the 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 new husband the new boyfriend george basil yep. i'm like that's such a great character because he's like the best he's the best guy <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. take that take okay, that dude, yourself this, <laughs> this, is, this is full circle so judd was like he should be a hippie yeah, um, I don't know what my idea was. Mine was probably reality. I was like, the guy that my ex ended up with was a great guy, is probably a great guy. And yeah. I liked him and he was likable. And Judd was like, you should make him like the best guy in the world. And you should make him like really into <laughs> tantric sex and all this hippie stuff. Everything but you don't want. This goes back yeah. to yeah. you guys and the towel and me <laughs> or and Chris Farley doing Bill Murray. I watched Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Jason um, Jason Siegel did my podcast recently. So I watched Forgetting Sarah Marshall again, which Judd produced. Right. The yeah. similarities are insane. There's right. the walk-in. Yeah. Uh, it, they don't walk in on them having sex, but there's, there's male nudity, uh, like comedy male nudity, mm-hmm. very similar to George. Yeah. Um, he is a likable guy. It literally has a moment where Peter, the guy's name is Peter, <laughs> <laughs> and Marshall says, fuck, you're cool. 
Like, why yeah. do I like you? And they become <laughs> unlikely friends. That's exactly what we did on Crashing. And what is happening here? Why is Judd ripping himself off? <laughs> You're like, Judd, come on. <laughs> and I think it's because we're back to how we feel when we, we binge shows. We binge Friday Night Lights. And we don't remember the plot. And we don't necessarily even remember spe- uh, specific jokes. Jokes right. can be stickier. So a master like Judd knows, or like you guys kind of doing my voice, you know that what you're in service of is a feeling and laughter way yeah. more than the feeling of like, and I'm sure Charlie Kaufman has this feeling and he's one of my favorites, but he's like, ain't nobody like me. That's great, but it doesn't really help. It doesn't help me. <laughs> doesn't always yeah. help me. And comedy is much more philanthropic. It's it's so much more like, yeah, we've seen old school. He walks in on his wife having a, a sex. We've seen this. So, but then we like it again. So what does this tell us? It tells us that the point isn't necessarily utter novelty in every element. It's that like we want a new way to experience something mm-hmm. we want the feeling we want the feeling we want the feeling why yeah. do you see so many virgin births in religious literature or death right. and resurrection it's not about the plot it's not about the plot it's like oh that feels good that feels good yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's right it matches i love that yeah well and that's the science of it so maybe like jed is like is kind of experimenting with that formula again like seeing what other math he can like come out with I don't I haven't said that to him and I don't know what he would say, but I imagine that he doesn't waste too much time. And I've been in writers rooms where people do this, where they go like, oh, they did that on community. All right. They just stop everything. Yeah. Everything's done. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's done. I'm one of those for sure. I'll admit to that. I'd love to be less that, but it always just because there's like uh, like an integrity thing or something that I'm wrong about. But there's in my head, I'm just like, ah, but I don't want to do that joke. If I, as wrong. soon as I know where it's from, you're not wrong. You know what I mean? It, it really is. It really is in between. It really is in between. Like, yeah, I when I was writing Crashing wasn't thinking, oh, wow, this is a lot like forgetting Sarah Marshall. And that was good. I think if I had realized that I might have I might have gone to Judd and been like, wait, I think that's a little too much like Russell Brand. Um, I don't know what he would have said, but it right. was sort of like. And I, I, I do that, too. I do that with my own ideas. I, I, I had a date sequence going to the Griffith Observatory in a, in a thing I was writing. I was like, wait, this is La La Land. They do this in La La Land. Mm-hmm. So I'll self-censor. Right. You just don't. It's a bell curve. Everything's a bell curve. You don't want to do it so much that you can't write. You're paralyzed with fear. Yeah. That's why I'm a big believer in like flash drafts, writing things quickly. Yeah. And then when it comes to like selling, I want to hear your what's the idea that's your movie. I just want to I just want to see if I can twist it do it peter do you what right now (laughs) wait which one you got multiples i have one that i really want to make but i don't even know if i want to say it out loud yet we've had one forever yeah yeah, do it do it do an idea so we made a a web series pilot out of it and i feel like we're aging into it better but it would just be like um the hardy boys grown up and we call it hardly men and they're just they're old and i feel like you know Sure, that might be out there. That's that could have been already done for sure. Right. But what makes ours different would be that 
we have a Scooby-Doo moment at the beginning of the whole thing where we take them, we go to rip the person's <laughs> mask off to see who it really is. And like, they don't have a mask. They don't have a mask. It's just his, it's just his skin. <laughs> and we, we kill him. We, we rip his face off. And then that's the beginning. And then we're, it's basically Fargo from that moment on. We're running from the police. Because <laughs> you killed somebody? Because we killed somebody. We killed the, the guy. I, ripped, and I think <laughs> I think the fun off. I think the fun of the show of that idea is Chris and I. It's like seeing these two innocent boys that are just like trying to solve little innocent boy crimes, but we're now in our forties, yeah, and just right. things didn't quite work out. Uh, and right. that's the dream for me is like, yeah, I, I still I still believe in that one, and I, it's tricky though. It's like what you said, where yeah. it's like you almost want to be like, this is the idea, and somebody's like, okay, I kind of get it, and you're like, no, but the 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 real hook is it's gonna be funny. <laughs> Right, right, like you can't. That's not a pitch. You can't be like, yeah, "Yeah, it's going to have our jokes in it. Or the idea of like, "Uh, well, that sounds done, but okay, well, we haven't done it yet. No one's seen (laughs) us do that idea, right? So it's different because it's us. And you're like, (laughs) you want you want to hear my my off the off the cuff thoughts? Yeah, I think it's really funny. I, it's like as soon as you okay, first thought, real simple. I wouldn't call it hardly men because it. I think that would make like your podcast, it's called every, this time it's different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which luckily is like, what the fuck? Or you made it weird. It's just like a, a an excerpt from an argument. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. you made it weird. No, no, no. This time it's different. What the yeah. fuck? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's evergreen and that's okay. So that's why I like it. Hard, hardly men is funny and it's a hardy boys uh, spin, but it, it marries it too much for me. Oh. I would call it, I would I would convey the self-importance of the two characters in the title. I would call it like the Scarlet Diamond objective. I would I, more like <laughs> right. more like the Kingsman. You know what I mean? You want yeah, it to right. be like yeah, yeah. the joke is that they take themselves very seriously, um, and it also makes it a little bit itchy. Meaning, like, what is the Scarlet Diamond collective? You know, I, I, right, right, obviously right. that's not it. No, and, we're going to take but that. Then it's we're doing you that. Two idiots. <laughs> I'm also trying to picture the poster, and it's you two idiots like doing something Scooby Doo ish. Yeah. The other thing is, I love that it opens with a Scooby Doo thing. It's so imp- it's so improv I, I, I don't mean that to put it down. <laughs> no, I, I like that you're like, and then we kill him. Are, and are you serious that then you're on the run? I think so. I think yeah. that would be. No, I, I don't. That yeah. is that is a a really funny theater piece or a really yeah. funny sketch. Yeah. Um, but a series is you have this cold open that's at the end of a case and it is Scooby Doo and mm-hmm. you're just trying to rip an old man's face off, but you can't. <laughs> and yeah. the whole thing falls apart and, and and so it's just a laugh at the beginning. Yeah. Now, and this is so L.A., if, if your guys' pitch is so sketch, what I'm about to say is so L.A. <laughs> I can't wait. I want to know why you guys are stunted. I want to know what you're actually trying to heal in yourselves. I want to know <laughs> yeah. about your relationship. <laughs> yeah. I want to know like that your brothers, one of you is adopted. I want to know your brothers and you've always been competitive or, or your stepbrothers or your your na- your weird neighbor boys. I kind of like that one. Yeah. Weird you were weird neighbor boys and you did this when you were kids. Yeah. But, and this is a bad pitch. Then you got divorced or you lost your job. You see, these are the hooks of 
like emotion driven. Yeah, I like that. Lose your jobs and and you don't know what to do, so you decide to solve mysteries. But really, you're running <laughs> from your issues. Absolutely, and and maybe like I, I was thinking too of like a montage of newspaper clippings from like when we were boys, you know, and, and maybe we solved. Yeah, yeah, you were good. Yeah, we you may solve really some good. like a couple of missing bikes here and there or something like that. Some stolen bikes we solved, <laughs> and it we were that like that was the only time in our lives when we felt like we were valuable or valued. Yeah. <laughs> so we're like here, trying to race back to that. And here's the other one: like, what is your attitude towards getting the Diamond Scarlet Collective together? Does Chris really want to do it and Peter doesn't? Like now we have some conflict. It's like he's trying. So the pilot is, we know you're going to do it because it opens with this funny cold open. Then it says six months earlier, or six weeks earlier. And he's tracking you down and like real bad pitch. But like you sabotage, uh, I mean, Chris, you sabotage your job and get you fired. <laughs> And you're and you're like and you're like what was that? Yeah. And he's like, now we can do it. And it's like, wait, that was you. And and you're fighting and you're mad. So you're doing it, but you're pissed. Like we just want to infuse it with as much emotion and attitude as possible. That's why I'm being. I really love that. LA. Yeah. Anybody with a pitch would be like, okay, I I hear the plot. I also just think if you're ripping somebody's face off, it's now you're in absurdity. And and then you're jumping to Fargo, which is sort of graphic, but it's it's very realistic. It's like a yeah. real world. So if you're ripping uh, yeah. somebody's face off, now we're Rick and Morty, and it's a very different sort <laughs> yeah, of. It's, it's and then we need that. to stay there. Those, those are stakes that we have to like stay in, I guess. Yeah, like two two. Always if you're holding this faces guy's off, face skin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, physically face stay skin in, the in my back pocket all the whole yeah. movie. Yeah. <laughs> if you're ripping faces off, then you could just have a detective agency. You know what I mean? Like if we're already right. buying that, <laughs> and then and then this is this is the own they did it on Community. I know bored to death. He's like a a neighborhood. He's solving neighborhood crimes. Oh, that's right. So yeah. you just have to decide how you're gonna like tonally be different from that. Yeah. And maybe it is like like Scooby Doo yeah. or whatever. Well, I really like yeah. your idea of like flash writing a draft too. Just like making yeah. sure it gets out there so that you can look at it, step back and look at it. That's right. And not bail also, them halfway through. If if you're like here like the thing is the thing that connects me to it is if you guys are like just frustrated with life mm. and you miss when you were kids, like what is getting in a van and solving mysteries? It's living. <laughs> it's like really doing stuff. It's yeah. going places. It's helping people. It's meeting people. Uh, and it's adventure. So you yeah. guys, like I would open it to show just how frustrated you both are. It's basically like the lore of Blink-182. I don't think it's true. <laughs> but they were like, Blink-182, they used to work in offices. And they were just like, fuck it, let's be in a punk band. Like yeah. now... It's like an allegory for following your dreams, yeah. even though it's absurd. Yeah. And now I want to see scenes where you're now I want to meet your mother and she thinks it's insane <laughs> that you're doing and, or like it's all it gets a little Adam Sandler, Happy Madison. But it's like, right, you're supposed one of there's a clock on it. One of you is supposed to take over your dad's business. Now right, I see a like season that. like Chris has to decide if he's going to keep having the most fun he's ever had or <laughs> is he going to be the heir to his father's brake pad company? That's literally <laughs> Tommy, Tommy, Tommy boy. boy, yeah. <laughs> but like, wh wh why is that happening? Why do we need yeah. something that they're saving? Or ha uh, Happy Gilmore is a good example. He needs to get the money to save his grandma's house. Like those are engines. That's what we're talking about. The engine. Of the engine. Yeah, doing. I love that. And the engine of fighting a very relatable, 
like wait this is life like yeah like this is all not, we're supposed to do yeah we just go yeah. to work and 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 then what and and now i do like it when you sabotage him at his job to force him to join the collective <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, should have been writing all this down. This should have been. Well, well wait, we're, I mean, we're literally recording it. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have it verbatim. <laughs> I actually, I, I, this is not me blessing you with a favor. I yeah. love talking about show ideas. Yeah. And I, it's because it's one of the, I just have clear opinions about it. So it's like a pleasure to kind of ping the ball around in that space. So, but I think it's a good idea. I think it could be really funny. Well, I hope you like getting an email every month. Yeah. Let's <laughs> updated script. Here it is. Draft flash draft one. Yeah, coming your way. Thoughts question mark. That's all that's in the subject line. Thoughts? There's no body, it's just a no, no, document. No. Yeah, just PDF oh, and fuck. thoughts. Oh. oh shit. But you know, there's people listening that are like, I really like the face ripoff. You know what I mean? Like yeah, right. you just have to decide the that like it reminds me of a comic book I read when I was a kid about a Superman type who has such super strength that he's always accidentally killing people. <laughs> like he's just trying to like yeah. kind of grab somebody, but he crushes yeah. their body and, <laughs> and everybody sort of loves it because they're bad people, but he really is conflicted. So <laughs> if you like that, that pitch, that's great. And then just stay at that pitch. Like, like movies yeah. like pineapple express where it's like, are they going to be killing people? Like, are they going to shoot people? Yeah. Like, like, oh, yes. they went there. Yeah. And then that tone drips into the whole story. I mean, to be like honest, I, you know, you say the you say the pitch real quick. This one's been around for a while, and we just never do anything with it. But I'll say the the pitch, and I'll be going along. They're Hardy Boys. They're growing up, and then I get to the skin ripoff part. And then people are just like, oh, oh, like it doesn't get the laugh that I think it that it should. Because right. <laughs> it to me, I think someone's very tugging funny. on a face. Yeah, tugging a on a face. Funny. Yeah, but to to man. to Pete's point, like maybe that's like, oh, okay, that's somewhere else in the quiver. Like, we're like, well, take that out and we'll put that back here for, you know, a joke somewhere else or yeah, a or it's tweet? a dream. <laughs> you know, I mean, like. I, I see like a, you can see it too. It's like a, a CGI and, and somebody really maps out the yeah. blood spatter on the floor. Yeah. And now you're, you're, I'm no longer watching a show about two friends who solve mysteries. And then, you know, you really have to go against the idea. You're going to want to have the idea that they get involved in a mystery that is way bigger than their pay their pay grade yeah exactly yeah. like stranger it's basically stranger things at that point yeah um, yeah oh, right. uh oh they really are doing it and that's a lot of horror <laughs> movies and a lot of great movies but like is there something like the reason you can pitch seinfeld and be like it's a show about nothing you can be like no the joke is they they're really just doing nonsense and th and now you're in sort of like a high maintenance thing where it's like yeah they deliver weed but really it's about the people that they meet mm. and yeah and they're same thing falling in seinfeld. love or one of you is an alcoholic, like you're solving your human problems. We're back to our original point of the whole conversation. The plot isn't the point. It's about watching people figure something out. Yeah. And yeah. no, but I like the, I like the engine. I think the engine is like the very first thing almost to figure out with a pitch before you want to take it anywhere. You got to be like, yeah. make sure you're dead set on your engine. Like you just like really know exactly how to sell that engine. And then know that you can drop it. Like and when you then drop it, of course. Shooting it and like you realize, like like George is a good example. George was so funny yeah. that Judd was like, well, the finale has to be you end up with George. We didn't have that right. mapped out. 
<laughs> right. But that's course, the luxury yeah. of working with Judd is is you can be like, we don't we don't know how the first season. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure it out. Like, we'll figure it out. But you guys would cool. figure it out too. Like as you start shooting it, and like there's the the woman in the pet shop that you investigate, even though she doesn't want you to, and she's so <laughs> funny. You're just yeah. like, yeah. Well, we why have don't we go to back? Do more yeah, with of her. course. Yeah. yeah. But that that that's on its feet. Judd was always stopping us from writing too much. Chris, we're losing we're losing you a bit. You're losing me. Am I here? Yeah, you're back mm. now. There you are. Mm. I am in a basement, so like you can see what's going on here. It's pretty like <laughs> pretty pretty dank. It's a bit <laughs> bit mank down here. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you're on main stage. That to me was the thing. That was the dream. I was Hell like, yeah. I it's used to fly to Chicago just to see the main. I'd just go and yeah. see the main stage show twice, and I'd see the ETC stage twice, and then yeah. I'd fly home with my oh, poor cool. first wife. I wonder why she <laughs> left me. I was like, let's, <laughs> let's go to Chicago, and she's like, oh, and we'll <laughs> go to Wrigley Field. Yeah. No, 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 we're just gonna go to Old Town. <laughs> <laughs> It sort of was like... Uh, I wonder why. It was a, a job that, like, once I got to Toronto, it was like, it was on my on my list to try and do. But you just sort of audition for anything and see what happens. But then, yeah, I was offered it. and But now it's sort of been a lackluster so cool. exit from main stage because the pandemic hit and we were, like, right in the middle of writing. I was going to write the... I mean, I did four shows. So I I did the time. <laughs> like, I feel like that experience happened. Yeah, um, but it was sort of like we're in the middle of writing that last show, and I was like, I'm gonna do one more, and then you, the, right the lore. The you're like, I want to leave my mark on this. <laughs> yeah, on this building. You wrote and... pinata full of bees. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly like that. And then it's just sort of the rugs yanked out, and you're like, oh, well, now I'm done. And and in during the pandemic, anyway, that building that Second City Toronto was in, they're going to be renovating, moving to a new space. But since the pandemic, now there's that building has been collapsed for condos. And now it's like in there isn't a physical Second City Toronto right now. Wow. So even when it comes back, who knows? Oh, man. And who knows if I go back to it? Yeah, that's like not it's good. becoming such a long time that it's like, I don't know. It's a bummer not to get to say goodbye to that historical space, too, in a way. Yeah, it is a bummer. It's like UCB was doing that all over. And whenever they would move, I, I, I mean, I don't want to be unkind. I, I'm sure they tried. But the new spaces were always like, was this the only one available? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> like, you're a performer. Like, why would you pick a long, narrow built like space? Like, it makes no sense. Right, yeah. <laughs> well... I, sorry to be. I didn't mean to have this become Papa Pete's advice a thon. No, but there's, <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I love when you realize, like I did cartoons for the New Yorker, and after I got four cartoons in the New Yorker, I was like, "There's no difference between four and 40 Totally like, to most people. Oh, I yeah. see what you're saying. You just, yeah. I now get to say, if I wanted to, I am a New Yorker cartoonist. And once I realized that I had already been like, so everywhere you go, you were on the main stage at Second City. You don't want you don't want it to be once. That could have been a fluke. So you've done it a right. bunch. Same yeah. with the yeah. cartoons. And then you're just like, I think 
And this was true for, so the doctor sketches I mentioned earlier, I had so many rejected New Yorker cartoons that they became the doctor series. Oh yeah, right. And I was literally going like, these ideas that you're rejecting and that maybe the ideas that this, I'm sure you can't get all your ideas in. Yeah. I think I can just run with these, tell people I was in Second City Main Stage, and then just use <laughs> these ideas as I see fit. That's yeah. really, the reason I, it's not advice, I just want, wanted to empower you in that way. It's like, it's happened. The, whatever yeah, you did good it. has happened. And, and I feel can, good. Like, yeah. <laughs> there was just like, there's the classic, like, when you've done your show, then you get your last show. And then yeah. the set, the set after uh, after you do the show can just be anything any sketch that i wanted to do from the history of what oh, i've done so you just kind of wow. extra a victory lap victory lap yeah. so yeah. everybody gets that and i was like oh all i wanted to do one more time was that asshole magician flipping the bird <laughs> off and yelling magic at the at the crowd just once more but yeah. i mean i i also did it like 300 times oh that's what you <laughs> so mean is like, you didn't get to do your your swan song there was no swan yeah. song there's no like little bow to tie oh, on I'm the still experience mad. i'm still a little hurt that <laughs> my last improv show at my college this is so humiliating to tell you this that it hurt my feelings but <laughs> i went away my first semester of of my senior year i was abroad and then when i came back my friend daniel uh, was teaching, he was coaching the improv team. He had taken over for me. And and I always thought it was so funny that I was like very sharp and, and could explain improv. And Daniel was just beloved. I'm not saying he wasn't sharp, but he if his number one, if my number one was sharpness, his number one was everyone likes me, I'm beloved, I'm fun, and I'm goofy, and, and it was just fun. <laughs> So his last show, I got back in time to see their last show. So I think I'm like some Martin Sheen character in the back yeah. watching my, my babies and they do the show. And then they bring Daniel flowers. He gets a yeah. standing ovation because he was leaving. Not just the theater, but he was going to a different school. But it was his last show and, and literally was given a bouquet of flowers, like oh a Looney Tunes cliche. And I'm like, wow, okay. I guess that's what we do for our <laughs> beloved directors on our last shows. I come in, I start insisting everyone read Truth and Comedy. I tell everyone to yeah. read Impro by Keith Johnstone. <laughs> I'm getting all technical. I'm really trying to turn them into me was my problem. I was like, <laughs> be like me. I didn't know <laughs> how to graciously love and support what they were. Um, so I was a little bit more hard-nosed, I guess. And then I do my last show, and I really was like a little bit of an improv celebrity at my college. It was like, it was clear that I was good at improv and people liked it. Yeah. And here's my last show. And at the end of the show, I walked off the stage and it was done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> no, no hugs. No beloved, like maybe one of the other people like patted me on the back or something, but I kept, it still honked in my craw i was like daniel got flowers and i that's when i was like i, I think it's in the it is it's in the Dao de ching it's like a, a a leader who's feared is not good it's like a leader who's loved and a, a, the best kind of leader is one that you don't even notice everyone will go do the do job and be like we did it ourselves and he's like the second best leader is one who is loved 
And then like further down the list is like one who is feared. I think I was going for like the feared, like I'm the best. And he was loved. The expert, right. It's way better. Way, way better. You got more accomplished being yeah. loved, I think. Do you think there was some sad conversation about the bouquet? <laughs> like, are we doing bouquet this time around? They're like, uh, let's uh, forego bouquet. <laughs> is so. But this, this so is so sad. Like, that was mean. <laughs> no, I loved it. This is the problem that you can run into when you do feel autonomous. Everyone sort of assumes you're good. The yeah. same thing would happen when you wrapped the pilot for crashing nobody's like here's your cake and we love you because everybody's like he made the show he started the show he did the thing he's good and and i'm sure they were like he right. was in the shows he was the funny uh and he got the glory we don't need to get this fucker a cake yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what like, he's of... probably he's probably gonna buy his own cake and based on what they knew about me they were right to assume that i was probably Buying going to a cake. party with other people eating a cake that they couldn't eat like it's it's a, uh, it's it's you got to be honest if you want a cake be it be vulnerable enough to look like a person who needs a cake. The Great. double, yeah, but then that's the problem because that's the like part where you, the double edge to that sword is yeah. now if you do something and everyone's super appreciative and gives you a cake after, you're like, no, I was good. Yes. <laughs> I mean, They're right? Like, you made it. You got through that. You it's made cake crashing. descending. Are you doing yeah. cake descending right now? <laughs> You don't. You don't give. If someone's really the best, you don't give them a cake. Yeah, you get it, <laughs> at least yeah. That's, that's what I tell yeah. myself when I'm bowling in my own private. There will be blood bowling alley. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't have a bowling alley. You've you've got the sauna well, though. Got that's the, the start. Yeah. You've got the sauna. I cry in my sauna. Let's be honest. That's that, these boards could be made into a bowling alley. <laughs> I was trying to do a joke. A there will be blood joke, but I can't remember his big line when he's in the bowling alley. I drink your milkshake. Milk yeah. Was it? I, was that when he was in the bowling alley? I thought it was oh, something yeah. about my son. My baby. Oh, that's my beautiful that's baby. The baptism. <laughs> I abandoned my boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I abandoned my son. Like he finally says son. I feel like that's you in the sauna. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was my favorite movie for a long time. That was a good and movie. And that's why I needed a different mythology. I had the Western just make it and just right. he says in that movie he's like I just want to make enough money so I can go into a house and be away from it all and I was like and that's what he gets so yeah, like right. we're not good judges all the time of what we actually want or what we right that's need. cool so you have to like humble that. yourself to that and go like it's not just about having enough money to tell people to fuck off like <laughs> that's, fuck that's off money. Howard yeah. Hughes stuff right yeah. there yeah I love that. See, I feel like I, I made you guys talk longer than you wanted to. You wanted to be respectful of <laughs> yep. my time, but I'm like, I only I mean, talk like, in two-hour chunks. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I mean, this I'm was messaging very Chris right now like, this time. guy's not respecting our time. <laughs> it's like, I got I to gotta go pee. I, I, <laughs> our comedy hero is not respecting our time right now. <laughs> That's really nice. But thank you so much for, for your time. This was awesome. That was My so pleasure. cool. Are you yeah. kidding me? I don't this even think great. I complimented you, Peter, because you stopped me. But the thing about taking, <laughs> you were like, I take, uh, I take like eight or twelve Alpha Brain, <laughs> and then there was a specific phrase you said that I was listening to it with Val. I put it on with Val, and <laughs> then you were like, and then I take like, I don't even know how you said I take the CBD. I'll, I'll eat a bunch of the CBD. And then the phrase you chose was so funny. It was something like I can't remember. It was Whatever. something like. 
and then see what happens. But it was funnier <laughs> yeah. than that. It was like whatever makes me become feeling very, very alpha, or <laughs> there, that was something that, like yeah, yeah, uh, I whatever like that. mixture I of chemicals I'm peddling, or something like I that. Pro- I can't remember. I, and I, promise- I do wish it wasn't called Alpha Brain. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> if they could change it, that'd be great. Yeah, they should just have a different product line that's the same thing, yeah. but with like a more palatable name. That's for more hipsters. like um, yeah, 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 a hipster name. Yeah, Beta Brain was right there. Guys. <laughs> just use Beta Brain. <laughs> beta Brain. Yeah. Alliteration. <laughs> I promise that I, I do, that does not reflect my opinion of of those products as I've not tried them. I was no. just grasping at comedy straws. What is the <laughs> thing to say in the moment? And yeah. I like. I actually felt you uh, walking the tightrope of how do I make fun of this, but not hurt this person's feelings (laughs) we learned that a long time ago i think we've said that on this podcast before that uh chris and i dabbled with being kind of roasty all the time like that was our main thing in university there was like an awards show and we were hosting it and we ripped on one of the directors we said the award we gave out the award for best comedy performance was to the director as the director of this play that was particularly poorly received and so we said that yeah he was so bad that that was the best comedic performance we had seen. Best that comedic year. performance oh. is him as a director, and yeah, and then he came huge up laughs. To me by after. the way, yeah, I mean, he came up to me after, and he was like, "That wasn't very funny." And I was like, <laughs> "Oh," and it. I mean, it. Yeah, I, I hold it. He, he didn't. Like he, he unfollowed said, me on Facebook too, so it's <laughs> real. <laughs> I think it's really, it's interesting that we can't yet as a species be vulnerable enough to just be like and say what he really meant which was that wasn't very nice you know yeah. what i mean yeah or, yeah or i was surprised that that hurt my feelings and the fact that it was funny made it so much worse the fact you know, that everybody like, laughed was the worst we yeah. i mean if he said either. all of that to me i would have I, I don't. I wouldn't be alive today. I'd be like, no, this is broken. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, I think we're kind of fortunate that he said anything, or that we at least felt that it stung that person because that gave us perspective on what to do with comedy. And it's like, yeah, it was like I was bullied all through high school. It's like I don't want to be one of those people yeah. that are getting yeah. laughs off somebody. I was Punch like, up. oh no, I just yeah. want to be silly. Yeah, yeah, it's dark. But I remember whenever, like. The reason I really, I really want to make sure this is okay to say, but it's like the reason you shouldn't make jokes about sexual assault. And if you want a a reminder, and I understand that some comedians, you know, would really fight me on that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember Kumail said it to me after somebody was on stage doing a joke about sexual assault and Kumail just looked at me and he goes, one out of three. Like, meaning, look at the audience, and it's oh. like one out of three women are survivors of sexual assault. Right. And like, there's so many women here, and you're just, and I, that was the moment. I, I had a joke, um, and I stopped doing it. It was, it was very Pete Holmes. It was very light, but it sort of flirted with the idea. And, and I was just like, eh, that's, yeah, I, it's, it's just not for me. He's a yeah. bad taste, and you're just like, eh. Some yeah. some comedians really do want to march you through hell and in like an entertaining <laughs> way and be like, let's yeah. look at all of our blisters and pop them. And yeah, and that can be, you know, that's their thing. But I, I don't have the I'm like you guys. I don't have the, the skin for that. Well, and I also just feel um, to, to be honest about it, not, not even fishing for somebody to be like, no, you could you could. But it's like, I don't think I have the tools. Or it's like, I think some comedians can manage that material. And I think the the big lie that we've learned recently is that that isn't the most accessible form of... I just feel like in the 90s or so, everybody was like, oh, that's what comedy is. Just saying spicy stuff. And then we realized how many people we were hurting. 
with yeah. that. And it's like, well, oh that, yeah, because that's not easy comedy. That's a select few should be able to manage that material and walk you somewhere with it. Well, we, we used it on Crashing. It's something that uh, I heard Christian Finnegan say. He was like, there's comedians that got called fag and then there are comedians that called people that word yeah. right and, it, and i was like oh my god it's not alt and club it's like did you get called that name or did or, you call people that name that's, right. that's sort of a better we had the lucas brothers say it to me um in an episode of crashing and that was like a real like oh my god that's so true that's a good point. Yeah, no, I like that because yeah, co comedians aren't all the same. We don't all have the same background. You're definitely but gonna run into When we were growing folks. up, we were like, I think I'm supposed to be Andrew Dice Clay. Like that's what comedy is. Is I'll be like, <laughs> look at your stupid fucking face, and I'm like, oh, I don't is that know. What I that's am? not for yeah. me. Yeah, I think you, we just want comedians to be authentic, and there are certain people that can be dark, and yeah. you're like, but it feels really authentic like it feels appropriate or real and then there's a lot of guys like us that i think when we started we were like i think i'm supposed to be like yeah why don't you shave your bush already <laughs> i'm down there with a machete and it's like no i should be talking about candy canes and like penguins yeah these are the tools that i have yeah, but you yeah. know what okay that's a good question though uh, who for for example i Deep down inside, I still want to be a Bill Burr. Uh, do your Bill I, Burr. I, do your Bill Burr. Do it. Do first. my fucking Bill Burr. There you go. I'm out here. <laughs> We're just trying to get it done. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> but like, <laughs> so my question, Pete, is there a comic? Is there a comic that you still kind of you, you you're you're far enough along now that you're pretty confident in, in the comic that you are? But like, is there was there a part of a tiny part in your brain that you wish you were another type of comic, or you were like, I'm destined to be. No, well, I, I always say pick pick the right persona um, and, <laughs> and like a podcast engine and like a show engine, like your persona engine, like you think you're yeah, going to yeah. be this kind of comedian. And then over years, the audience rewards and discourages other things and you evolve and you change. And then your own personal experiences change and you mature in certain ways, change in certain ways. So like it's I'm so glad I think An uh, Anthony's on the show tonight. That's why I keep thinking about him. Anthony awesome. Jeselnik picked the yeah. right one for him because I think that's who he is and what he likes. But if I had picked that yeah. and then I later got really interested in other <laughs> stuff, um, it would have been really tricky to pivot. So that's a tough pivot. I think a Bill Burr base <laughs> for a comedian <laughs> is great because all you're really saying there is, I want to uh, present my opinion and then defend it in unexpected ways. And that's and that's fine, Bill. Yeah, I just yeah, I don't know. I know that I don't have the tools for it. I'd have to get there. I think. <laughs> yeah. I think I'd have to become one one like later. I think I fit well, silly boy way easier. I think. Well, then, but still, Bill is an okay base. Like I watched a clip of Bill Burr last night, and it got me writing my own jokes because just listening to a pure mm. comic, and he is one of my if not my favorite, he's one of my absolute favorites. Yeah, and it's because mm -hmm. he's just a very sharp knife. So you can watch him, and then even if you're not going to cut oh, the same kind yeah. of cake with it, you can cut your cake with that same yeah. <laughs> decisive energy and just be like, what am I saying? Like, what am I – like, I, right. one of my favorite jokes, I, I mention it a lot in conversations, podcasts and stuff, is um, I don't want to have sex every day. Like this assumption that men want to have sex whenever they can have sex. Yeah. And the, the best – it's because I saw an article that said why seven reasons why you should fuck your husband every day. 
And I was oh, like, God. you're going <laughs> to leave me alone. Jeez. Yeah, you're going to you're going to fuck me every day. Oh, like, no, I, I'm working. I, I, I just heard a song that made me think of my father. Yeah, I'm not in the mood. Yeah. I'm thinking about my dad right now. And that that was inspired not by Bill. Bill wouldn't Bill wouldn't do that joke. That's a joke. In essence, I'm saying masculinity is a blend everybody's a blend of both masculine and feminine and like i sometimes need to be coddled or wooed Mm -hmm. or like Mm -hmm. understood to be in the mood and like that was my cross to bear that was my (laughs) point to shove down people's throats um so you take that bill energy and apply it to what you don't have to learn how to defend like what do you what do you know that's what a bit is like something you guys said earlier made me think of like Oh, you you said, Chris, you were like, yeah. oh, I go to a party and I'm only thinking about bits. Yeah. Later, you know, you, it got to the point where like, I'll have a bit, I'll think of a bit and then I'll go, if it's really good, it'll come back. Like, I'll just go like, if it's really good, because yeah. what I want to do bits about is stuff that I don't need to think, what, how do I feel about that? Like, I just know right. how I feel about it. Like, I'm working on a new bit about like, how I like thicker women. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't like <laughs> Ferraris, like everybody wants, like a sleek, yeah. fast Ferrari girl, and I'm like, I want a, I want a monster truck. Like I like the feel <laughs> of like the, the suspension and all that. And like, I want a monster. Truck. This is very Bill Burr, like. But I'm like, yeah. When the lights are off, who wants to feel a drafting table? Who wants to feel like a, like a the leg of a chair? Like Sweet I want to feel like soft, yes, round cookie dough and be a warm and. Table. I don't want to feel a drafting table. And then, so then the thing that makes me think it's a bit is the third point is go to any museum and you'll see that history is on my side. Like this <laughs> a, a obsession yeah. with like, I've never had a whole apple is new. <laughs> and that's being imposed on women. And I'm trying to be like the Rubenesque thing. Every museum, I, I, I know yeah. like Michelangelo's David, he's real cut or whatever, but there's a <laughs> lot of like thicker women being represented. Totally. In the fine arts. Yeah, yeah. And it's because they were like, that's beautiful. She she can survive childbirth. She, I don't, I'm not worried about her. <laughs> she, could, she could probably handle a flu, you know what I mean? She could handle a flu. Maybe after the pandemic, that's going to come back now. Now we're just like, that yeah. guy looks like he's good at uh, hanging out with. Yeah, that guy looks yeah. like he could survive a lockdown. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I'm looking for that lockdown body. I want a lockdown oh. body. I have to write that down. Lockdown body. Yeah, yeah lockdown body. <laughs> oh, not bad. Survive a flu. Survive a flu. Yeah. Survive a flu is good. If I, yeah, if it, if lockdown body makes it in there, I'm going to feel so proud. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I did it. Yeah. I was there. <laughs> we were there for survival flu though. We were there at that moment. <laughs> I hope I see it. Yeah. Um okay, do we have time Chris, do we have time to uh rapid fire or will rapid fire end up being another <laughs> half an hour cuz I have to go work. Soon. I can really do a rapid fire cuz I should my baby's napping and this is key val time. Oh. Key val time. Let's so now I will. Bell time. I'll do a rapid fire, but I'll I'll be good. I'll be rapid. <laughs> okay, Chris has some rapid fires, which I believe you're familiar I do? with. Oh yeah, no, yeah, you know the rapid fires. <laughs> okay, um, okay, here 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 they come. Uh, what makes you very mad? Oh boy, <laughs> very mad. I don't like people um, second guessing or doubting that I'm good, mm. and it, like if. Mm. 
um, like, uh, so I run ads on my podcast and one time I, I said the wrong copy and then they emailed me and they were like, we just want you to run a free ad to make up for this. And I was okay with to that. To make up for it. I, I was a little bit irked by that, but I understood. I was like, I fucked up and I'll do it. And then I, I did it. And then when we sent the invoice in, they wrote this very firmly worded email that was like, yeah. where is the no cost make good? It's not on the invoice. Did it run? Did it like, did you do it? And I'm just like, I oh, will yeah, see oh. red because I'm like, yeah. you asked me to do it. I said I would do it. And now you, I feel like Corleone. I'm like, you come into my house. <laughs> yeah. Because really what it's doing is I'm like, if if we want to get into the, like, it wasn't very funny. The guy you roasted said it was really yeah. funny. My real honest truth is, don't you know that my mom thinks I'm perfect? Don't you know <laughs> right. that yeah. I'm the special boy, that I'm a golden child, that I do good things? Like, so that that chips away at this belief that I have that everyone needs to know that I'm good, special, and right. Yeah. So it makes me way madder than it should. But that's yep. what makes me angry. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I feel that. Uh, do you remember an impression that you did on your SNL audition? <laughs> <laughs> I never did an SNL audition, um, but oh, I sent in tapes. I sent oh, you in sent tapes. in tapes. Okay, I yeah. I never got to do a proper, and I definitely did um, Ray Romano. I used to do Ray Romano singing. Happy birthday <laughs> to you. <laughs> That's my, great. My favorite is Al Al Pacino. Al Pacino. Uh, yeah, coming to my mouth. When I when I auditioned for SNL, I like doing Quiet Pacino. Everybody else, that's a good that's, impression. That's really already. good. This it's very good. very important to me that Lorne understand that I am a comic actor. I am. You know, <laughs> yeah. the I am wasn't right, but everything else. That's a good impression. I'm a sucker for I impressions. I love I you. Fucking am. <laughs> you listen to me, Lorne. I can do a sketch. I can wear a big donut. Come out with ooh, squirt guns, huh? <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, I I feel like I get in trouble for doing trying. I, my impressions are like I can say one sentence and then I'm like, there, I've got it. Like, yeah, <laughs> like my Ryan Reynolds is just hi there, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, a good one, though. well, well, look what we have here. Like that. That's good. <laughs> yeah. That's what we have here. So I build them all out. It's just a light Jim Carrey, right? And he's doing, <laughs> uh, he's doing Ace Ventura. Yeah, fully. I'm not yeah. saying he's ripping off Ace Ventura, but no, but that's the science. Talking he's, that way. Yeah. yeah. If the scientist Ace Ventura hadn't invented the theory, exactly. Like, Alrighty then. I'm Deadpool. It's good to be here. <laughs> and that's okay, Ryan. That's if you okay. Hear this, if it's you hear okay. that, yeah, he's going to listen. We'll tweet it. Oh, we'll and should he him. be on this too? Maybe yeah, we'll get him in the mix. The four of us, maybe? I don't know. That could be fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my last rapid fire question. Here it is, rapid fire. What is the first song that you downloaded on Napster? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> That's a good one, yeah. actually. I, I don't know if it was the absolute first one, but a guy played a, a CD or a tape maybe of songs he had downloaded from Napster. It must have been a CD. And um, it had the song, Ain't got money for an aeroplane. 
okay. ain't got time to take a fast train. Lonely days I'm gone. I'm gone. I think it's called a letter. My baby, she wrote me a letter. And I remember, like, I had so I had no taste in music. I just didn't. I didn't get taste oh, yeah. in music until after my divorce. Because right. <laughs> that's when I was like, oh, Radiohead makes so much sense now. <laughs> this is perfect. Yeah. And um, I think it was that song. It was definitely songs like that because it was like it was like a cooler song that I would have heard in the car when my dad was listening to oldies. <laughs> but yeah. I was like, I like that he's like, ooh, it's like got a pace. Ain't got time to take a fast train. I was like, is this cool? So it might have been that song. Is this what cool is? Yeah. <laughs> and I remember that CD, the songs would cut off halfway, and he's like, that's all the file had. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, man. I love yeah. the 90s. This time, this time, this time, this time. It's different with Peter and Chris. This time, this time, this time, this time, it's different. <laughs> to uh, to to wrap up podcasts, we've been uh, trying this new thing out. We do uh, production company end screens, like at the end of The Simpsons or something, or like absolutely. <laughs> so <laughs> that guy is drunk. Every time I see him, he traumatizes me because he reminds me of like my dad's drunk friend who's like putting a hook in a worm. And I'm like, are we gonna do this? He goes, absolutely. And I'm not comforted by that guy. He scares me. You know his shorts are too short. Oh, One God, ball's yeah. coming out. I don't like the feeling I get from that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more of a Gracie films. That's me. Yeah. Gracie films. I've always I love a shusher. I don't yeah. shush, but if someone else shushes on my behalf, yeah. I love Gracie it. films. So, so we go around and we so just you make, get it. We make you one, one up. This. You, you make a brand new one up. All right. Okay. So we're wrapping up the podcast. Uh, Peter, do you want to begin and then I'll go and then okay. and then and then other Peter. Okay. A couple of Peter. A Peter sandwich here. Okay. Okay. Bam 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 Sofa chair. You guys borrowing one? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got a tag on mine. Uh, can you turn that down a little bit? <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I, that's good. That's why. <laughs> can you turn that down a little bit? Are you guys borrowing one? It has to be something we don't fully understand what's yeah, going yeah. on. There's an engine to them. They have their own little uh, world they live I, in. I got one. I got okay, one. Okay, okay. Here it is. Zidum. Ketchup's not mustard. <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's good. <laughs> this podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network.